And action. Go. Say stuff. Be funny. Action. Yeah. Did you ever know when we were just talking about our beautiful music, Outlaw Funk? That's our theme music that and we it was up a, with. If you're looking for it, it's Outlaw Funk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you're trying to build your playlist. Yeah. yeah. It's wanna, on Spotify. <laughs> you can also get it on vinyl, 78. Wow. Small. Yeah. 45s. 45s, 78s. 33s. Well, yeah. that was to another one. Winners Take Y'all, John Watkins. Episode 20. Something. Two. John three. Fireball Watkins. Mm-hmm. Sugar Balls. Sugar Balls Blackman. Blackman. And I'm just Kevin Kelly. No, just you're KD80 Kelly. Yep, Kevin KD80. KD80 Kelly. KD80. KD Kelly. I had a guy send me a photo of a KD80X, Ooh, which is the, the puffy tire. It's kind of the Kawasaki's answer to the... Oh, it's like the Z50 wide tire. Yeah, looking. but it's kind of like a, in between an inbred KD80. I've never a, seen one. You, you have. It's it's a little racier. He did, you think So you think Nick just comes in here and starts lying to you. I mean, damn. When he says he hadn't ever seen never one. Saint it. <laughs> if he God, said it. They didn't have one in Kawasaki City, I can tell you that. No, exactly. I don't, I don't think we did. He perused the aisles. If it, it never made it through Kawasaki City, or I would have Knowing noticed. King saw it on some You've order sheet it. sometime, and he's like, I ain't ordering that crap. We already got one of them gay D-80s. Under, under the roof of my house. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to be able to sell it. I'm going to have to give it to Kevin. <laughs> give it oh, another bite another to Kevin. You got the KD-80X. That was for X. snow. Like, say a bad snowstorm right. comes in. Super gay. Super you're gay. like, hey, get out the KD-80. X. No, I think I need the X model today. Yeah. Heavy snowfall last night. We're going to Pensacola. What? <laughs> a gay destination. So you're saying it had fat tires? Yeah, like it a, had radiators. Like one of those. Uh, it looked cool, actually. Honda. Believe it or not. Yeah. Cubs. To you, yes, I'm sure exactly. it did. Yeah, to, the, to, to me. <laughs> looked real cool exactly. to Kevin. Queer. What color was it? Green. Oh, of course. I would yep. like to see one. I've never seen one. I'm Googling it, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. So, and I'm still like, I had some people asking, man, I'm sorry about your house. Like, And they're like, did your house really burn down? Because the way Nobody we, believed you. No, because the way I joke about it, like, I was joking on site with them dudes, so I, that's the only way I can process and get through shit. So I'll be doing CPR thinking of funny shit. Well, I've seen a KD-80X I think it was funny. I said, a million times. I just didn't yeah, know that's, that's what it. it was. Really? Yeah, yeah I didn't I know. I've seen it. Sorry, I, uh, maybe I was yeah. lying. It sort of looks like a Z50. Kind of, yeah, for sure. Joey Kinsey has one of those, I believe. There you go. There it is. So yes, the house is still burnt, still working through all that BS, but... And I'm buying shit on the regular, like just trying to redo. And I did, I, I will say this, I went through to my house yesterday and Bought pants because I don't have anything. You know, have you got old junky clothes to go do junky stuff? Like yeah, when you got to get you're dirty. Really, you're dressing really nice now. <laughs> I know, man. Everything I have is brand new. Very spiffy. So I had yeah. to go buy brand new pants, work boots, and everything to go in there and just get my hands dirty and got all, you know, five totes of my magazines and autograph paraphernalia. I haven't even had a chance to look at it. It's almost like Christmas to see what I even have. So. What y'all don't know is Kevin's uh, insurance company gave him just gift certificates to go buy clothes with. Kohl's cash. Baby. And so they gave him. <laughs> I got 10000 in Kohl's cash. No, they gave it to this place called K&G. There were everybody suits. K&G so suits in Atlanta. K&G men's center. So everything's. They're all zoot suits. All, yeah. I have, all I have is zoot suits. Kevin dresses like Steve Harvey Steve, every day. Yeah. <laughs> He's Belle Biv DeVoe, yes. man. Every girl has shoulder pads in it. So that's, yeah. I was out there working in this three-piece suit. I had to check my time, pull my pocket watch out because that's yeah. all I had. Oh, yeah, on the chain too, yeah. right? Like, yes. yeah, you got the long gold chain. But I found five totes of magazines, and I haven't even looked at it for real. And then I got my my favorite thing. And I can't even say this to Christina because I, I can't share. It's not the supposed en- to be your favorite thing if right. she's around, I can't right? share in the enthusiasm because that's it's all moto, and she's cool enough. That she, and I was, I was texting Wygant, Iser, and Jeremy, and I was like comparing our wives. I said, all of our wives have <laughs> zero interest in moto, and we're the most into it, some of the most into it people we know, and our yeah. wives have zero interest in the sport and then i said well my wife spends about three hours five times a year at mammoth yeah and they're like well you got us covered dude and she does mini motos without me like i went to announce 
Red Bull Imagination, and her and Jeff Travis were over there in the dust and dirt unloading, <laughs> running the whole mini moto, whole deal. So yeah, she's, she's way more core than than their wives are. But yeah, Amanda's not going to run yeah. mini motos no, hey, anywhere. Honey, I'm going to fly. I'm going to announce this, and you're going to Jeff's going to drive. You this take thing. all these motorcycles. Yes. Yeah, so, I'd just be like, you got to pull the trailer. She, I'm sorry. She would if I. Yeah, she, she would do it. She's gnarly like that. But then I found my motorcycle. I was like, all right, well, let's see what we got here. And all the plastic, I don't know how. Like, plastic's the first thing to freaking Oh, it go. should be gone. Any beam that falls down, like, so much. Like, the tires were, these brand new tires from Rob Fox from Dunlop. The knobs are, like, gone. Like, holy shit, they're standing up, but there's just chunks of knobs gone. Just missing and melted yes. flat. And it's in a, it's three feet away from this table. You remember where I yeah, put oh, that yeah. plastic up? It was just in the right spot. Nothing fell on it. And it had a garage door up. That was kind of it fell on the garage door that mm. never let it fall down on my stuff. So, so that's maybe what only thing it. that survived was a 1989 KX125. That truly uh, out of the Phoenix, the ashes and that picture from the motocross donation somehow survived. it survived. Right? That and my uh, the 1995 Braves World Series shirt in a glass case. And I found this one was awesome to say the event t shirt that Mike Butler gave me from Six Flags National has never been worn. And you pristine, did find it? It's pristine, yeah, in the case, a glass That's shadow awesome. box. I was like, wow, because you can't get, I can't, no nah. chance of me getting that again. No, not a real one. You'd have to do a remake, right. and you'd really have to know how it looked to do the remake. Yep. So it's not damaged? A no. shirt? I'll show you a picture of it. It's <laughs> nuts, dude. So it's hard for you to, like, get water. all excited and tell your wife, my God, shit. my stuff my survived. favorite thing. All, my sorry, all your shit's gone. Every bit of your shit's gone. <laughs> but, but the stuff that matters made it through. But my dirt bike made it. I'm so, I'm so happy. Oh, that dirt bike you've been working on for four years that's been taking Kevin's space. 89 KX125. It's going to ride, by God. It will get rid of it. Of course it will. It has to now. It survived a fire. Yes. Yeah. It survived fire. two 15-year-old kids I bought it from. Like, I should have got murdered by this one kid in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, you should tell <laughs> he that. He rides up to me, and he goes, you Kevin? I'm like... Well, hell yeah, I'm Kevin. I'm sitting by a cemetery waiting on you, and you're on a four-wheeler, and there's no cell service. So he goes, all right, follow me. And he goes, Rawr, just took off. Follow me. <laughs> follow me. He does it power. You can't turn a four-wheeler without going, Rawr. Yeah, you got to sling every end shit. a little bit. All I see is dust. He's gone. The only picture <laughs> of this bike in Facebook Marketplace was that he had a hoodie jacket on unzipped, and the jacket's full Superman cape backwards because he's doing 90, doing a wheelie. That's yeah. the only hey, baby, take a picture when I come by. I'm glory as hell's a Pruder film looking picture of him on his bike. I'm like, <laughs> looks good to me, man. It'll pull a wheelie with this dumbass. Why get there. did you drive to Kentucky? All the way because you could not find these things. 89. Couldn't they probably didn't sell many bikes. No, they said it was one of the smallest runs. Yes. And it was only two model years, the 88, 89, were the same. Every, you know, every, so it's hard. Right. So there's not many parts, not many of them. And All those um, years, Honda was bad to the bone, and yeah. that's who sold the motorcycles. Like, yes. everybody else sold way less. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the dude I bought my 95 CR from, the CR250, that was the, the his Facebook thing was a video of him jumping it in his yard. That's it. Like, Man, this, if this, this don't sell this bike, I don't know what will. It's got to. And, that, and then he beat it in my head. It wasn't for beginners. You know, this is not for beginners. I'm I like, got it, man. I'm good. Yeah. He cranks his bike up and he goes, you want to hear it? I said, yeah, man. He's. I mean, he does this whole transaction. And the whole time I'm like. He's 15. 15. And I said. And there's need, no parents No, anywhere. I said, do we need to get your parents in there? Because why wow, they got to be involved in this shit? And I'm like, because I just want to. I don't. 
I wouldn't want my kids. I like the twelve hundred dollar motorcycle without your parents' permission. I do this shit all the time. Like he's a grown ass man. Ain't nobody gonna stop me, son. I just took an hour off from the logging crew to come down here yeah. and sell it. And he comes up to me when we're done. He goes, "Appreciate your business." So he shakes my hand, looks me in the eye. By <laughs> God, son! But he cranks it up. He, here's you want to run? He cranks it and goes right to forty thousand RPMs. I'm like, damn, dude, don't blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> I need this thing to run. I'm like, you're good, you're good. It, it runs. Most I'm, people are like, ding, 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 yeah, ding, yeah, ding, ding. Let's let, let it. Let me walk live. around it and. See, no, he goes right to then blowing we'll twist oil, the shooting oil out the back of this bitch. So. I anyway. love it. I love that they every Craigslist seller is very concerned with the health of their buyer. Like, hey, man, damn thing's I'm track rated. This here track certified. Got it's track on certified. Got you got to have a license. On the back of it. Professional grade license from the NMA or whoever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all jokes, I used to love when back when – I would sell it like, especially a two-stroke dirt bike back in the day, and you'd have some redneck come, come from, on, baby. from to drive down from Tennessee or yes. drive from somewhere a long way to get it, and then they would ride. They'd, well, you care if I ride it? And you were on somewhere where it was just asphalt, because oh, you know you ride a old two-stroke on asphalt, it feels like a missile. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter how up, fast, right? <laughs> yeah, like yes. it's good. You can get on the worst one twenty-five or eighty, and it's gonna feel like the fastest thing you've ever been on. You ride right. it on the street, man. That's wild. Yeah, one time I I sold an eighty-three RM two fifty, and the guy was calling from Texas, and he goes, "Look, man, I, I think I'll just drive over there." And buy it and turn around and go back. And I said, well, oh, all right. Yes, and I was out at the lake I'll before I had built the music. house. Yeah, we need this. This story is worthy of a jive. <laughs> it's a disco like, story. Yeah. Jive talking honky. So I, my buddy was camping and I was staying in the cabin. And I'm like, look, man, it's a dirt driveway. There's no address out front. It don't even have an address, but it's a dirt driveway. And I'm sitting at a camper <laughs> and we got one light bulb outside. There you go. And he's like, all right, I'm coming. And so he came on from, from Texas, Texas, like 12 with that, and a half With those hours. directions. Yes. And I don't have an address for he you. He pulls what? in. And, dude, it's, I'd be very sketched out because he didn't realize it's a driveway or dirt road. He, I'd just, like, go down this dirt road and go by the one-bulb camper. And, you know, we'd look <laughs> insanely <laughs> hillbilly over there, like, you know, like this Come is on where, in here, boy. It's where people start dating their brothers. You got a stuff. pretty mouth on this Man, board. my brother's looking good tonight. <laughs> you ain't never getting home. So he rolls in there. He don't want to hear it run. He just hands me the money and just starts picking up the front end and trying to get it over the tailgate by himself. He didn't even ask for help. I said, hey, man, I'll help you. And I'm like, you don't want to ride it? No. I'm like, I mean, I, you could tell he's totally freaked out by the situation. You got any rubbers? <laughs> what? Exactly. Why are you asking me that? Yeah. Dude? He didn't crank it or you nothing. You got some I plastic, said, got some peanut butter and some bisqueen. But could you imagine it. 12 and a half hours? No. Were you just standing there in whitey tidies or something? Just licking your lips? <laughs> like you're just I had standing there. a baseball there glove with a bunch of baby powder. <laughs> he's like, load that thing up, boy. Like, God damn, I don't want to do this, but I, want, I need that bike. I'm going to have yes. sex with this redhead again. I'm just going to have bike. to do it with him. It's the only way I'm going to tear this RM250. Just get this over with. I'm going to bend over now. Do what you need to do. Dude, just hurry up. I got the next person trying to buy it from me. He's like, man, you seem like you're emotionally attached to this bike. Yeah. Yeah, I got, mm. I, I got <laughs> screwed. <laughs> I got screwed getting this bike, literally. Yeah. I got a lot of emotion. That bike was a that that bike led to a lot of firsts. It really stirs me up inside. <laughs> Not a lot of first place either. <laughs> no. Our 83 RM250 is like the fattest motorcycle you've ever ridden. It starts out at the near the front of the seat, all normal. And you can't even lean back on the thing. Like, it goes out four <laughs> inches on each side, and you try to scoot back, you can't. 
not ergonomically just designed. Like, what Japanese guy said, oh, this is good. Yes. I was selling a CR250 one time, and the guy was meeting me on uh, Duck Road, like, up, on the side of the highway, like right on the 75. side of seventy five, and yes. he's coming. And so I was a little freaked out, you know. I was like, eh. "He's gonna hit me with a tire so, tool." And- yeah, back in the day, uh, so I stick this. Uh, you know, I got a thirty eight in my pocket, and I Caught. meet him at a gas station, and I go in the gas station and I get something to drink while I'm waiting on the guy. And evidently, the guy saw the pistol in my pocket. You know, you got a pistol in your pocket. You yeah, you're happy to see. <laughs> So I'm sitting there. It's hard to steal. With the guy, by, like the guy, right when the guy pulls up to buy the bike, the cops pull up at the same time. Mm. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, he's got his hand on his gun. What are you, what are you doing with that pistol?" I said, that "Nothing. Selling a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, was, like, Try not to get. What are you doing with a pistol, dude? officer? Yeah. yeah. So I'm anyway. just like you, man. The guy was a little freaked out and. But you know you have. I hate to be on a dick when you're negotiating. But when somebody drives all the way from Texas like that dude, or the dude driving from Tennessee, you're, you're like, we're not negotiating, dog. This no. is the price. You <laughs> know he wants it. Yeah, he's gonna buy it. Yeah, he's got time. Will invested. you take eleven? No, I will not. Well, what blows me away is I, I've sold a zillion motorcycles over the years, but when the four strokes came out again, so the '98 YZ400 and then the '99, I had a '99 YZ400, and Doug when it was special. time to sell it. Yeah, and I actually was assigned number 19 at Loretta's, and people were like, Henry, when I would ride by. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) But, like, uh, I go to sell the bike, and at that point, I had gotten a new bike, and this thing's been sitting in the basement. So the guy, I don't know why I did this. The guy goes, man, I live on the coast in South Carolina. Can I meet you in Augusta? And I'm like, okay. I don't know why. It's like I was so young. I just It seemed worth it. I'll drive to Augusta. Crank the bike up, put it in the truck. It runs perfect. Ride it up and down the road a few times, throw it in the truck. I get over to Augusta. This freaking thing won't crank for anything. And that dude goes, I know this motorcycle runs. I said, I do too. He goes, I'll just wait until you get it cranked. Well, think about a 99 YZ400. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're that known thing for their ease of starting. They do not want to crank anyway. The hot button. Yep. So I'm going up to the tops of hills and I'm trying to roll start this hog. It was probably like your situation at Scrub and Dirt. I mean, the plug was probably just saturated in gas, and it will not <laughs> fire. And I, But it cranked after like two hours. The dude sat there and waited two hours, and it cranked. And he goes, here, and I took a check. No! Oh, <laughs> what the heck what are- did I? I mean, I was a kid, you know, I guess. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm taking a check, but I, that motorcycle's gone. I ain't, I ain't yeah. looking at that thing again ever. And I got home, and the check was good. I mean, it's like... Those transactions today, no, never. You'd be cooked. You're getting robbed, number one. For, yes, yeah. so for sure. He, he don't even want the bike. He wants your He just money. wants, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll take that truck too, bitch. Yeah, oh, take it. Here we go. And Amanda was there. She sat on the tailgate and was like, And your I, wife. I heard it yeah. run. She's going too. Yeah. We may got we, David Bailey on tonight. May just in we case dance you're, you're with your dates. <laughs> your dates. So tonight we have Bailey on at some point. He's already confirmed. Uh, Travis Pastrana, he's having knee, con- knee replacement. Knee or replacement something. yesterday. So he goes, I got plenty of time. We'll get him all jacked up. I got plenty of time. I'm on yeah. all kinds of... I, I mean, do you have you have to take painkillers for a knee a replacement. Bit. I mean, they but saw your pretty, femur. I'm sure he's your, careful with it, though. Like, some of those guys that take a lot of them have to be super oh, careful. Oh, Travis, yeah, he he's understands. But I'm just talking about they take a freaking saw, and they saw your femur, and then they saw your tib-fib, right? Is it and just the knee, the or is it part of your leg, too? They just cut your leg off above the knee and above the top whole, of your shin? Oh, the whole leg replacement. Yeah, like they like it's dude, skin and everything. He's basically a robot. Just, yeah, some black dude's laying on the lower half, dude. <laughs> Why yeah. not? 
I don't think so. No. But I'm just saying, like, it's a gnarly surgery, and they act like, oh, it's just a knee replacement. But there's a dude in there with some kind of air-powered saw or maybe oh, electric. Let me tell you something. When I had, all, there's no medical yeah, saw. Rah, just got, no. Flinging bone chips. I've got two screws in my ankle. And when I saw the x-ray, I mean, these big two freaking countersunk yeah. sheet uh, metal screws. <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> I was, in and really after like the surgery, it hurt way worse than breaking my ankle. Right. Oh, really? Ooh. I mean, the surgery was like, I was kind of okay. Drive, drive and everything. Is this Calhoun? Yeah. Oh, you and, got screws in there for Yeah, that? I do. Two oh, big ones too. I didn't too. know that. And so... I was always worried, like when I used to do all that running, like yeah. the Ironman stuff, I, that they were going to start backing start out. Or something. out. Yeah. Just had junk hanging just through your skin. Run that back in, man! You got a Phillips on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to have to keep like one of those pocket one tools. Those and just stars. Stars. Swiss they Army. put the good ones there, the stars. Yeah. So this was yeah, <laughs> thorax. I had a thorax heads on them. <laughs> Tough to run and these so out. I don't, I don't think they're called that. <laughs> what thorax head? I never heard, heard that. that. Yeah. Is it a thing? He just made that up. He just up, made dude. some shit up. See, it sounded, <laughs> sounded like... But oh, we were going to go like, with yeah. it. We're like, man, Nick knows. He oh, knows man, about all thorax, kinds of Those are medical grades. He's almost a doctor. Damn. So, <laughs> the, uh, but, Drake Ramore, dude. <laughs> Dr. Drake Ramore's brother. <laughs> and so... I watched a surgery where they were doing like a oh, knee surgery back that. then. Oh my god! I would never want to do Dude, watch the surgery. They right just now. had this oh, guy's no. knee opened up with a hammer and a chisel, just bang, bang, bang. Uh, I was like, no freaking wonder they you're do that so on nose jobs too, like hammers. Oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm sure it's probably this was like back in the '90s when yeah. I watched that. It, maybe it's better. It's a little but, more delicate these but days. But it's hard. You know, they call it hardware for a reason. I mean, they go yeah. in. There's no magic way to run a screw in your bone. Like it's yeah, you what you would imagine. Get that self. They put that little plastic kit in there. Like you, you think they pre-drill so it don't strip out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sheet rock anchors. Tap tap tap. They're beating the shit. I was disappointed that mine wasn't enough though. Even though they're big screws to set off a metal detector. So oh, it doesn't. You can go through there. No, I can go through. Yeah. So, but if you if you have something that's big enough to set off a metal detector, they give you a card and you get to go. Like you didn't have to wait in line. You'll be like holding up your badge. It's hardware, son. It's yeah, I had a buddy metal, that had metal a, dong. like a defibrillator installed, and he never had to wait in security line. He probably didn't have to go through the magnetic. That's what you he said. Yeah, you just walk right just, up with that thing. just rode with the pilot in onto the... T- yeah. Uh, yeah, him and the pilot were tight. Taxi right up there. They too. put him in with the luggage. <laughs> you got to ride that little that little tram like at Six Flags. That so would luggage did you guys on. do your David Bailey homework? I don't need to do David Bailey homework. You see that helmet right over there? Number, I do. Number one. Yep. The helmet with the number one on it, the blue one. Yeah, I Googled him and Wikipedia him and everything. I found out David Bailey is a real estate agent in Illinois. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm really He's been Realtor of the Month multiple times. That's right. I don't know about motocross, but it was that, that guy was pretty interesting. The thing about David Bailey is... Watching you ride! <laughs> there was this song Watching about him. Watching you ride! Watching you ride, I get this feeling deep inside. And see, that was, and I do know David Bailey and loved him oh. as a kid and all that, but I did not know the song. The song. Oh so my God! Y'all, dude, once y'all you told me it, about the song, and I'm sure there are a lot of people listening. That I sang it it's the all first time day yesterday. This Watching idiot. you ride. I leaned over. I said, "Amanda, you remember that song?" And she just rolls her eyes. Just so remember it, because dude, I must have did it for six months. Watching John time. ride. His wife would sing that to him after they. I'm get watching home. John ride. Sounds like a beer commercial. No, it's yes. nothing like it though. It's a very uh, Mark Edwards wrote it and did it. Mark did it like a, a 
a, uh, a video for David after yes. he got injured, and it's a great video. It's a tribute, yeah. kind of a and he wrote a meant song. to be a meaningful yeah, for sure. But we can't. There's some Dion Warwick in there. I can't not <laughs> say something about. I mean, it. when you think David Bailey. Tell me your brain doesn't immediately Watching just you go ride. to Dion Warwick. Hey, and when I see Dion Warwick, I think of David. You think of David immediately like, go to David Bailey. So smooth. That's yeah. what friends are for. That's yeah. what friends are for. It's Cliff White and David Bailey, and it's Dion Warwick. <laughs> Cliff White. It, it's true. Watch Cliff White. That's when they played Dion Warwick yes. with Cliff yes, White. Yes, because it says, it says best Ooh. friends in the graphics. And then it's Cliff, and it's going, you know, just following their relationship through his racing career. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's keep smiling, keep shining. Keep shining. Knowing, knowing you, you can always count on me. For sure. For sure. That's it, Dion Warwick. Bro. That's what friends are for. Uh, see, stop, stop. Dion no, Warwick anyway, was, hey, look Dion up the Warwick video. could ride, too. Yeah, Dion, she was Dion, good. She could have been. She's, had she not went down that career path I mean, she, I remember, like, on the behind the music thing, I watched on her. She got to a point she where got it, to was, it was, and it they was had to yeah, choose. It was motocross or music. Yes. It was like, man, the music just killed her moto career. She it's hated like, Mercedes Gonzalez. All them record labels that. talking about, uh-uh, you ain't going to be you on a dirt bike, son. You're going to sign right here well, and you're going to give away your soul. Knee and she was like, you know what? Could have threw that football plum over the mountains right there. <laughs> <laughs> I could. 100%. I don't want to stay hurt all the time, and, and I, got know, I can just do. send. If that yeah. record label would have let me race Loretta's, we'd be sitting high up on you know, a hill right now. <laughs> ever since that, town she had that crash at Loretta's, her hair just didn't part right. And then she, I just remember her altering her liners on her helmets to you get just that. Can buy like multiple movies. You know, Clark. Ever since I had that thing, <laughs> my hair just don't part right. All you need <laughs> is an opening of some sort Nick can Nick apply can, a movie yes, to it for sure. uh, it doesn't even matter what it is it could be anything wow. you could be at the grocery store talking about shrimp and you could be at the home goods uh-huh. store talking about and you know, uh, Clark pick yourself out something like <laughs> get some real, real nice, real nice. Yeah. exactly yeah but I, you know I, I always thought if if Bailey if he didn't have Dion Warwick to chase would he have ever been that fast now, we'll ask him that like was she I'm your, not was she your that. carrot yeah, <laughs> the dangling carrot. Was keep smiling. Was song Dion Warwick your carrot? But dude, he has some interesting stuff out there. If you follow Gary Bailey on YouTube, and you can see all his stuff, and it's super fascinating. There's some raw footage from '89, the Axton uh, National there. Not '89, '87, right? I thought it was right after he got hurt. I did too, but I don't think it was. I think okay, you think it was later? Yeah, because I couldn't remember that national continuing for a lot. Of, it seemed like at some point, ladies. I went. I went up. I went there. Late '80s, early '90s with Tank. Me, Tank drove all the way up there, and he spilled a gallon of dip spit on me. And he was so pumped that I didn't freak out. Oh, these only the shorts I got, man. These are my no fears, my bright yellow ones. <laughs> and I'm gonna wear but them every day. We drove up there, me, him, and somebody else. And that damn spit bottle comes sliding down that big flat dash on the F one fifty, just into my lap. I'm like. Dude, I would have been like, take me to a creek. I'm take jumping me to the in ER, dude. Anywhere. I need to amputate my chemically whole body. scrub. Gross, man. <laughs> amputate yeah. my body. So it's it funny scrub. that you're weirder about stuff like that then than you would be now. Like, oh yeah. Now sure. I would be. Of Just course, you're a fireman, so you get shit and pissed yeah, on all the time. Blood, but, and guts, and feathers. Yeah, but, <laughs> but everything. But I, back then, like if somebody touched you with spit, Stop! it was like the end of the you're world. You're just over there Stop! freaked the hell. Yeah. Out. But anyway, back to that footage. It's raw footage from that that race, and it's just in the autograph line. It's not. It's not produced. It's just you see these throngs of people. Billy Lyles. Do we want to put Billy Lyles on? I mean, I don't know how to do it with this. Talk to him. Billy Lyles is calling in. So. Billy. What's up, brother? What are you doing? <laughs> Nothing, dude. We're we're recording a show. What are you doing? Uh, 
was going to holler at you. You got a minute to talk, or you need me to call you back later? Well, we're going to get David Bailey about. on here in a second. You got anything you want to add to David? Superstar. Yeah, he's a superstar, <laughs> man. That's for sure. King of, King of smooth. For sure. For sure. You want me to? Uh, you mean to call you back in just a minute when we get done with him? Yeah, I wanted to holler at you just a little bit about, you know, Kelly Fouch is putting on that. Uh, yeah, the Triple Crown, right? Yeah, and we're going to have Keith Turpin, myself, uh, Tommy Watts, a bunch of them are coming. I just wanted to touch base with you and uh, maybe put you in touch with Kelly. Do you remember Kelly Fouch? Oh, certainly. Yeah, certainly. And, we got his uh, number, right? Yeah, we have his number for sure. Because, like I said, we're trying to piece this thing together. And the first year is always tough. You know that. Yeah, but I believe um, you're getting a lot of traction. I it, I hear a lot of people say they're coming. That's what we're hearing, too. But I'd like to get you guys involved. I mean, dude, come, We'll come to a show with, from there. I mean, y'all been wonderful, you know, with your podcasts and everything like that. And you've got a lot of connections. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, I'm just an I'm just an old guy. Well, I don't. Yeah, but you're you're not just any old guy. So. Kevin Kevin just said we'd come to a show from there. Yeah, so we'll come we to could, a, a we could come show. to a show down there at the if you want us to do yeah, like a live show. That would be awesome. And like I said, I mean, you know, we're working on you know getting some more sponsors and things like that. But the first year is always tough. You know that. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, why, I'll call you back as soon as this is over. Um, do you remember that date? It's at Ezra Lusk's old track, right? It's uh, Bainbridge. It's 29th, 30th. 29th and 30th of December. December. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's on a big flyer. He's got a bunch of promotion out there. and uh, But, yeah, I'm, I'm on my way home now from work and picking up some pizza and stuff. It's going to be a few minutes. If you catch me in an area where I can't hear you, I'll call you as soon as I get to the house. Okay, that sounds perfect. So anybody listening. All right, we'll give you a call back. December All right, 29th, 30th. All right, thank you, Billy. Bainbridge, Georgia. Bye -bye. The Billy Lyles Triple Crown. I didn't mean to like think, you know, we should just talk to Billy oh, on air, but that's, oh, that's dude, awesome. Billy Lyles. Hey, you how how cool Billy is Lyles. that Billy Lyles called yeah. <laughs> Hey, man, I know you got some pool, John. Look, man, we need to talk. We got this race coming up, and I need guaranteed like 4,000 riders. Is that yeah. too much to ask? That too much to ask. God, Dion Warwick. So, no, don't do that. I should have asked Billy if, if he knew Dion Warwick. Who's your favorite? Dion, what's your favorite Dion Warwick song? What was the fastest you ever went to thinking Dion, about Dion? Thinking about Dion. <laughs> Did you ever ride with a, like, a, I used to have a Walkman. That I, I had, never rode with music in my entire life. I did, I did that. Even to this on them, day, I still have it. Even on those long adventure rides, I'm talking 10, 12 hours on the motorcycle. Can't do it. I just sit there and sing, dude. It's like, I'll be riding down there. Watching you ride. <laughs> oh. Watching you ride. This so dumb, Look dude. that video up, though. I hate it, man. That Stop. Mark Edwards is awesome, though. He's I super am not nice. saying he's not. I'm saying what's dumb is that I can't that shake can't that song, dude. Yeah. If it comes on, Nick's just checking text. three, four weeks worth of I'm, just I'm, repeating. I'm trying to figure out what my favorite Dionne Warwick song oh, is. Okay. Don't You can't play it, though, because copyright crap. Yeah. I'm not going to play so, yeah. it. Y'all are already in the copyright shit with singing. Hey, are we really like going to go can, race Billy Lyles' Do y'all have race. permission to cover her song 97 times like you have so far? That's not her singing it, though. That's the difference. Yeah, we're not Stealing her music, you know. But no, so circling back to David Bailey, I you like that better than "I'll Never Love This Way Again." 
I don't even know that one. Yes, you do. I mean, I probably I do. would play it for you if, no, can't if it. it weren't for those pesky. pesky. If they would, I ain't going to jail. Seventy seven cents. I ain't going to jail. I ain't playing <laughs> right. that and having the police knock on my door, son. Ain't nobody going to jail tonight. We do it right by the book. Yeah, I mean, I have people like that. They're like, man, you can't play that here. I'm like, do you know anyone that's ever been arrested? No, never. <laughs> it's like, Stop it. My buddy got locked up for Napster. You so, don't even know, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. LimeWire. Now we have to go set up karaoke at Billy Lyle's race. That's, 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 really that's the end of the month. That's close. Yeah, it's in three weeks or something, man. I'll, I'll, uh, I have to it's get the 30th Less off. than that. That's two weeks. Let's go. We're mathing this. Can we do this? 29th and 30th. We we'll throw everything in the camper. It's like 29th, 30, 31st, I think. But we don't, we don't have can, to... I just, can I just race? I don't want to be there on New Year's Eve, I don't think. No, I think you want to be on your way back. I think it's... 29th and 30th? What, what days are those? I, I think it's it's like a weekend deal. I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's Friday. <clears throat> well, yeah, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we come in about Tuesday, get the, set up. The Triple Crown. Yeah, so set spend up the whole week. Days. We need about four kegs. They have kegs of Fireball, by the way, now. <laughs> You've seen, Ed, seen them? Ed Perry hey. sent me a photo to Cindy. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's I right. Literally You're the reason have, I know. I have a kegerator at my house in the box. It's never been opened. So we got to install it in the camera. I won a keg. Or rent a bounce house. And cut the floor out. And paint it black. There you go. A bounce <laughs> house club. I won that kegerator at a like at a raffle at a charity thing. Yeah. I've never even opened the box. Well, it needs a fireball. But keg. now that we yeah. got fireball, it's time. Dude, to, if Billy's gonna be there, he's I mean, gonna be there. Keith Turpin's gonna be there. Online, I didn't think that Billy would be there, but well, of could, course he's got to be there. For I know, but he didn't know the track and everything at that point, right. and so I was like, Fouch is doing all the work. He's yes. got it, he's got it dialed in. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it, Bainbridge. But I ain't riding an old bike. I've ridden a race down in Bainbridge. They got an old bike class. Yeah, you can do. ride. Yeah, I'm gonna ride everything. You're gonna, you're, yes, you are. Well, I ain't riding my vintage bike. You're gonna, ride you Nicks. can ride my 125. <laughs> I don't want to work on nothing. And you can ride my. I'm, I'm, they're here. I already brought them I over. I think my XR is oh, almost already done. Brought them. Yeah, they're in there. In oh, your, for real? Yeah, he's he's almost got it done. Oh, dude, what if Kevin Kelly raced? I want to ride that thing. That's he may he. I want to ride. I do. Kevin raced. I, I want to ride. Listen, we can all oh, three gear. ride different classes on my those old bikes. We can my. ride together, all three of us. But I'll ride yeah. a new bike. Bring too. that Goldwing. Take that yeah. Goldwing down. I need to bring the Goldwing and sell it. Ooh, no, we should look at some point. All three of us naked, have, one of us backwards. No, if we ever have some big dumb race, the winners take you all shoot out. That is the grand SCP prize. Oh, that's a great Give grand away prize. a Goldwing, dude. <laughs> that's not a bad hey, idea. We with all the the winner gets a Goldwing. I say with ice and beer. Full of. Beer. Fireball no, and sugar balls. You give it away, but you have it parked like 50 yards away, and then right when you hand them the keys, it blows up. Set it on fire. <laughs> we have it rigged with some explosives. Do you remember that thing we did at the uh, DMXS Cherry Heck ride? yeah, dude. We you had a powder that throttle blue wide up. IT-175. Is that those? The, the I don't remember which bike it was. It was a powder blue Yamaha. Yeah. That's Woods bike. That'd be an IT. Yeah, IT-175. And we took, drained the oil out of it, and <laughs> hung the throttle wide open, and to raise money, you got, and stuff. you got to... You bet on you bet for every choice. It's like ten bucks. Will it last eight? A minutes, minute, twelve minute, 10, minutes, minute, whatever. Can, and whoever got the whatever, it never blew up. It never blew up. And then later, they're like riding it around. Tony Morris bought it from <laughs> us and was like, <laughs> "I want to own that thing. That's a great swear to motorcycle." God, that, that, that was a. Those you still see them? You still like? Oh, yeah. that's it, a bike it, of choice. Vintage motorcycle days. There were a lot of those guys, and there's a guy that rides one in the Sorks race, like the Hair Scramble series in Georgia, that flies. I believe it. I mean, flies. it's still a good, just like we learned on the XR250. It's a great woods bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just quit taking the thing to the motocross track. Well, those we're spindly gonna, little forks. We're going to have an XR250 vintage motorcycle. We're going to have an XR250 off. National championship this year. I sure. Yeah, we will. VMD. I'll print the. I'll print the. Awards. I've learned about EPO. I'm shit. I'm down. 
<laughs> juicing, dude. I so found I, out. I'm always found juicing out heavily. He is yoked, man. If what they start <laughs> doing random drug tests at VMD, screwed, I swear dude. it's over. Because of Nick. Yeah. God he, dang it. I figured motorcycle days. You guys got to come to this. If you, It's the biggest race, best race you've never heard of. Said that twice this week. Two it, different people going, really? you know where I could find a certain motorcycle? I'm like, yeah. Vintage motorcycle Go days. to Vintage Motorcycle Mid-Ohio. Days. Get there on Thursday, and you will see about Everything. 10 of them. You yeah. need a bolt for a rear bumper for whatever. It's there. Everything's there. <laughs> yeah. Everything. No, they have it all. But I sure. think we'd be more careful this year. This, that whole guy that date rape drugged us, is, that's... I, I don't know if we can talk about that camper. yet. Yeah, what if but, he listens? Y'all are going to get your ass beat like, by him, and then Cornbread's going to whoop our ass. Well, I he's ain't just going to say, nobody, dude. listen, the guy up there is going to try to say it was consensual. Because yeah, y'all walked in we the camper the under drinks. your own power. He's going to be like, dude, there was y'all talking about the date rape stuff, and it was consensual. Y'all <laughs> drank those... Well, Will you wanted to drink that it. powder. You ate those that? eggs. It's extra sauce on it. <laughs> the dude was like, "Man, y'all want a shot and some eggs?" And we just said, "Why are we putting powder in our drinks?" Why sir? is there a cloth on my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Does this smell like chloroform? Y'all are smelling comfortable though, and I'm just like, God, I can't believe I'm about to drink this. The guy gave it. I don't even know this Put guy. I can't believe I fell basket. for that chloroform trick again. How do you yeah. have a basement in your RV? What? <laughs> <laughs> weird. I've never seen a set of stairs in an we RV. Put some lotion in the basket. No, and he just parked over a hole. Wait, wait, is she a great big fat girl? <laughs> Precious. It puts the lotion on its skin. Yeah. Oh, I was hoping you'd keep Mr. going with that. that you hey, might could, there might even I, be a little button you could push. Yeah. Hello. Does that mean you're looking for? That's stupid, dude. Immediately. He sings Hello. that song. Hello. <laughs> Lionel Richie. Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> uh, did Lionel Richie do a duet with Dionne Warwick? I think he raced Loretta's, too. He did. He, <laughs> he might have just... He might have been those... Pre Loretta's, you know, yeah. like seventy six Saint Louis or something. He was Trans America guy. Yeah, Trans Am guy. Trans Am. Trans Am guy. So yeah. yeah, so but David Bailey, man, you bring him up a minute ago, and we never answered. Like, we don't need to do homework on no, him. No, he's the most interesting man go. in he the is. world. He is, and he's the best announcer to watch to call a oh, race. I don't think anybody All will time. argue that. Will I think the that. current announcers would say, yeah, yes, Bailey's sure. And he could, it, let me tell you, they could put him on a mic right now. Oh, He'd be relevant. And be, Everything he'd and say. And just be on point. <gasps> I mean, just. And yeah. that dude is so gnarly. He won Iron Man. I think Kona. twice. Twice at Kona. Yeah. I and, mean, and you wonder, like, what is, what what feels better or more, um, you know, like the accomplishment. Yeah, what's what, more important to which him? Which one means more? Because, God dang, dude, that's a to, gnarly mental one right there. And that wind, they talk about the wind at Kona. Yeah, he talks it's probably that. bad enough running in it, but now he's on like the hand cycle. Yeah, oh I can't God. imagine. No, 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 no. That's with your gnarly. arms only, <laughs> that is gnarly. Swim, well, what sucks is and run. Yeah, with your you arms. have to. <laughs> it's not like you're not using your arms and shoulder. Doing the, all that to begin with. Yeah, with everything. I mean, that's all that you're that's doing. All you you yeah. don't get to share the muscles. Like yeah, you don't get your to legs let your get legs break. take yeah. some. Yeah. That's amazing. He's gnarly. I talked to him uh, this week, and I said, damn, John, I, I called you guys afterwards. Like, I wish I'd have recorded that. Yeah. Like, he was telling me stuff. I'm like, Ugh, I just got to let, I just take my hands off and just let him drive. He, you're in control, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's, oh, he's so such good. a book, right? He's How cool is it that Billy Lyle's just called during our show? Hey, you think, uh, <laughs> hey man, what are y'all doing right now? <laughs> you want to come ask. over? We're cooking some wings. 
Billy, yeah. it's seven hours away. Well, that ain't that long. I mean, yeah, it can't I got to be up at seven, so I'll stay up. Wait. For so you. now we're going to this race. In we cannot Bainbridge. forget to call him back. Okay. We hell, he is, called we'll your be, phone. Afterwards, we'll be like you still got all your goofing shirt. off, telling jokes, and yeah, then we'll just go to true. bed. We'll be on that day. I ain't LA waking high. up at two a.m. Well, <laughs> if we hey, if we go to bed, you said that like we're all going together. If we go to bed, when we get in the bed together, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and I'm going to be like, "Hey, dudes, we forgot to call." Now you're going to roll over and go, <laughs> "Hey, John, did Hello? you call Billy? I thought you were going to call." <laughs> you're going to roll over and you're going to say, "Where's your hand at?" Hello, between, between two, two pillows. pillows. Those, those are, are pillows. Image, John, get mean, up. And, ooh, yeah. How about those Honda boys? Ooh. Hey, Billy, like all on speakerphone, on, on FaceTime all together in the dark. Hey, Billy. We forgot to call you. Um, anyway, you what, what are you wearing right now? Yeah, that's the classic. Yeah. No, I, I just... Don't, I don't make know. it creepy, John. I'm not trying to. What I'm is just it? attracted yeah. to southern men that are, you know... Good on dirt bikes. Second in the world multiple times and won the motocross to nations. Um, but, you know, David Bailey, though, whatever he ever put his mind to... Yeah. He became the best at it. That's like, a great... Like, in the world. From moto... To Iron Man to announcing. Yeah. Well, we got some bad news for you, too. He he mentioned wanting to be on this podcast. Oh, you're out. (laughs) Who, what? Oh, he wants to be a host? Dude, that'd be the coolest thing ever. We got him practicing his son. They had to replace me. I was so good. He was like, I know it's not not in y'all's style, but he did a southern accent, and he's like, I'm coming for John's spot. Damn, that's a good accent. (laughs) Hey, y'all. It's David Bailey. Yeah. Yeah, David. Hey, y'all, it's David. It's David. Uh, hey, hey, guys, it's David. Uh, really I was going to see if accent. I could be up there on your show. And, uh, <laughs> damn, that's better than John. God damn. What's up, David? <laughs> I used to know this old dude named David, and he called himself David. Hey, David. John, it's David. David? Like with a T on the end. Yes. I'm like, dude, what in the heck? That's why hey, my dad would announce himself. Name? He'd be like, Chuck Jones, King Kelly. And he was always, it would be slow like that. He would like tell that. him his name and, and then, then tell him his name. King Kelly. Chuck Jones. That's so weird. I'm Chuck Kelly. Jones, bitch. King Kelly. That Kelly King. You tell that Kelly King. <laughs> I bet a million people thought his name was Kelly King. Like in school or whatever. The like they're just like, what the heck? It's got to be yeah, backwards. Yeah, when he, when he died, everybody was like, man, we love the king. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> the was, king? Yeah, he got a they might thought it. They might have thought it was some slang name, but it is his God-given Yeah, the king. king. They Kelly. thought it was like yes. a nickname. They yeah. didn't realize. You know, the king. It's King Ray Kelly, dude. In and seventh grade, it, the king, here he is. Yeah, like, the what? king. The king will now do his book report. He kicks the shit out of Elvis. It was just a nickname for yeah. Elvis. The king. This is the king. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. literally. He's really king. king Elvis Ray was, Kelly. you know. Kind of, I mean, just did crazy. David Bailey race the Six Flags National? I guess he did. Of course. He, yeah. won, he won both years beat Brock Glover. I That's just what I was trying it. to think. I could, I, for some reason, he I didn't remember. He needs to sign your un, unworn T-shirt. Oh, of hey, course. You could probably get Glover to sign it, too. Of course. That's a great. That's a great call. Yeah, I think when, if it's in the thing, you need to, yeah, we need perfect. to talk to him about that because that's a. He, man, there's a great video he did with um, uh, we went fast. Brett Smith, BJ Smith, yeah, um, where they sit down and just watch the uh, Anaheim Supercross '86. Him and Rick Johnson, and just tell the stories. Well, like, you, yeah, just I, tell the stuff. I watched it yesterday. Dude, he's telling you where he was mentally. Rick's new to the team. Well, I like how he just remembers uh, Johnny had a hurt knee. and That's all the... How do you keep up with everybody shit. else's what, Hey, do you remember uh, what happened to your third moto Ichikani in 97? <laughs> no, you no. don't, dude. But in but 97, I probably won. Oh, well, let's just In the B class. Oh, <laughs> but that'd be a B class. <laughs> but dude, That doesn't mean anything. He's got this stuff like he like he talks in that race where he... he some lap rider, something got in the way, and he was able to gap Rick oh. with two laps to go, and he goes, that's where I knew I that's had him beat. Knee. I'm like, huh, that's just awesome. 
I'm about to whip you out an Itchy County trophy right here. He's holding his mic, just jiggling that mic. I know. Just y'all, let me know if the earthquake hits. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I can tell you, I raced. When's the last time I raced? A few weeks ago. Yeah, tell me about you your race. Yeah, the, last only, the only thing I could tell you is me taking out your friend, killing that's, Mikey Edwards. Yeah, just killing Mikey Edwards. That, that's, that's the only Mikey thing Edwards I remember. Rocked. He Nick, loved that story though, by the way. But he said. I do owe him one. Oh, oh. damn! Mikey Evers about to damn. send him back. He's coming for you, dude. We're developing quite a list. Revenge That's is all, best yeah. served on a building cold quite plate. a list. It's gonna be hard to ride. Well, he's got, he needs to put that weight back on if he's coming for me. Uh, yeah, he's gonna have to gain weight. <laughs> Let well, me tell you, son. I'll tell you who's coming. Sugar for you. balls is six two two twenty of white chocolate with green eyes. A twisted I've been steel telling you the whole time appeal. you're six four and you just let I'm me. I'm six four two twenty white chocolate with green with eyes. <laughs> Oh, that's white with the afro. White chocolate and green eyes. If you want to know what your wife wants for Christmas, <laughs> look at this me. is it. Look at this and a Dion Warwick <laughs> CD, son. It. If you want to buy her the perfect gift for Christmas, here he is. You're it looking is. at it. You're <laughs> looking at it. <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, that's nice because now we don't have to shop. You know? It's done. It's done. I got your favorite. I here was worried is. about finishing this Christmas. What do you get the woman who has everything? Sugar, sugar balls. Sugar balls, sugar balls can go into his WCW. Routine in a heartbeat. Twisted steel and sex appeal. <laughs> Twisted seal, sex appeal. Yeah. Dirt bike ride. Pills. Private jet. Banana peel. Staying in the camper with y'all. Oh, that's <laughs> that's going to be dope. Singing hey, so karaoke till 2 We do need to give a shout out to our sponsors. Lever skins, rhino skins. Helmet skins. Helmet skins. Helmet skins. Tater skins. Tater skins. Four skins. I see four skins. I, are they going to renew for next year? I mean, I feel like it's I feel a, like we're doing them right. We you talk do. about them every time. We always yeah. treat them. We it's always, skin we always skin really or peel back the in. layers and you're right. Get deep Chinese handcuffs. Yeah, that's right. Turtle pig skins. I don't know what that means. Pig skin, Chinese skins. handcuffs. Remember the thing you used to put your finger in? Yeah, yeah. Those but I don't Chinese remember handcuffs. that. That's what they were called. Yeah. It would mean Kevin used to play the, the Chinese put penis. Your yeah. <laughs> Y'all were always why, eleven. Why, do you remember like you would get those at like a flea market? Like, I, I barely have, I have no idea where they came talking. from. I had some. Oh, this is the dumbest ass thing. You put them in there, and then you're like, "Oh god!" I know. My mom locked me around a telephone pole one time for With days. Some Chinese yeah. ass <laughs> for days. They're like made out of bamboo or something. wicker. Yes, they're wicker. They're wicker handcuffs. That's the dumbest thing. Man, I was thing. locked up. It was the funny thing is, who called them Chinese? Like, and why did we think Chinese people were so dumb? Because of what they did after Pearl Harbor. If you're son. listening right now, I guarantee you, you can look up Chinese handcuffs, and you're going to see these dumbass things. You put your two index fingers in, and then when you pull back, it for real, they were for your fingers. They weren't for your meat. <laughs> not sticks. your wiener. Not your, your meat third stick. grade meat stick. No, they were not. Okay, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah. Because, you know, there's probably somebody. I'm glad that it's not that way because we ever get any. It used to be so uncomfortable being that close face-to-face with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you can feel their breath and stuff to try to get, you know, locked into it. Well, the game was you put them on there and somebody, you had to go flaccid to get out. And that was a problem. And you just stay fully torqued <laughs> the whole time. That's Jeez. terrible, dude. Gross. I mean, so Nick, you had a little run in this past week, and Nick went riding again. Of course, he rides every. He rides the Itchikani uh, Matt Walker special. Yeah, it's the proprietor yep. down there at Itchikani, the sandiest track. God, we that in the track state. was beautiful too. Man. Was it good? Like butter? Uh, did you hit it early like, on? I did, and it was just that's the best. Just getting not there and looking at it, and it rained just a little bit. Oh, you can't rain that. It takes. It's perfect so when much it's rained just a little in uh, Itchikani. It was beautiful. It looked like a postcard. I can I remember that. I would always try to be first on practice for Itchikani. Just man, you felt out. like you were superhuman. Yeah. Yeah. Later, you, you didn't. No breaks you just never, Yeah, you just 
I don't think I touch my brakes all day, to be yeah. honest. They don't slow down if you yeah, let off you the gas. you just let off the gas, and especially on a four-stroke, you just let off the Brr. gas. And but they had a good turnout and everything, they had a good right? Turnout. Just a practice yep. day. Yep, they had to cancel Sunday, but it was Saturday. They, you know, they did 15-minute sessions, which was Sick. good. You know what I mean? Like you who, part, who parked next to you? Um, out of nowhere. You know, out of nowhere, uh, Cornbread parked next to me. <laughs> and there's 60 acres of parking. 250 riders, individual. So it was really hard for me to settle in and concentrate. Head on a swivel the whole time. Yeah, Constantly I was kind of worried. Right? That... You know, he tried sneaking up behind me a couple times. Hey, but, I see you. Well, no, those damn wind chimes just kept giving That's it away. Right. That's right. I kept hearing. He makes no bones. At some point, I was riding on the track, and I thought I was riding. You know how, like, if you're riding on your. You a Stark rider. You're like, it's got to be a kind of Stark. No, but you know how, like, if you're riding your your dual sport. And if you've got any kind of like your keychain, it just yeah, you jingles. can hear it. Yeah, I kept looking down like I had a damn key on my CR two fifty. Why did I bring this keychain on my Dreamcatcher? I'm hearing, but Honda. it was it was him the whole time, and he was yeah. kind of stalking me. Not I was really, gonna though. confront He's, him. Nick's joking about that. Nick, you never y'all never talk. Just no. Whatever. I was concerned about him running down your house. I was searching every time he went out on the track. I was going through his truck looking for evidence, looking oh. for arson materials. Yeah, had a picture of me. With a circle and a line through it. <laughs> yeah. Eliminated. He's got, no, in fact, he's got all three of us, and he's scribbled my not, name out. I don't want it and now to be like that. And I found a, a half-used half up pack of matches in there. <laughs> Son of a bitch. From Golden Corral. Yeah. And it was Dang from it. the Broken Spoke. Yeah. He used to, He had the match. The Regal Beagle, man. From the Regal Beagle. God dang it. I, I just, I don't. I don't think anybody else's don't house should Don't put that evil on me, Ricky. <laughs> I don't want to have any more houses yeah, burning. I'm done with the house yeah. burning. I got shit in my truck I need to get out. Everything smells like burnt-ass house. It's the yeah. worst. It's the absolute worst. And they're like, hey, we'll get your clothes. We can get them fumigated. I'm like, I don't that want anything never in that house be negative. I tell Kevin today the funny thing to me was, and obviously it's not really funny because we're talking about you're <laughs> losing all your shit. But yeah, my entire house. <laughs> like that somebody... Jumped on Kevin's Instagram and went ahead and made a joke about fire. <laughs> somebody made a comment on Kevin's for, Instagram with for, fire emojis. Verb Moto, I was like, "Hey, we got David Bailey this week. We're excited." And this guy and Verb Moto goes, "Ooh, we love David Bailey. That is fire, 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 fire emoji, emoji." emoji. And somebody <laughs> said, "You may want to back off, Kev. That may be a trigger for Kevin's <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon, maybe. Dang, dude. No, I, I, that's I, why people don't know if your house really burned right. down because they because we keep on kind of busting your balls about it. But there's and nothing I'm a else fireman. You can that's do. the whole the irony here is like I'm a fireman. I'm surprised you kept your job. Hey, man, See, we can't have you, your house burning you down. You don't got to take care of your own stuff. Well, hey, our citizens depend on Literally you. two weeks care. before, the fire department got called on your son. Yeah, for burning down half of That's York. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. And then next, I mean, you're on your second strike there, Kevin. Hey, I caught the woods on fire at in, right up the road from your son. But I, I was in the garage. I'm like, God, look at all that smoke. I was just, <laughs> That's what the house. heck? And it was the woods beside the house. But I, how old were you? Everybody, I was the woods uh, on the 49 fire. years old. Oh, okay. When this happened. Wow. But recent. I put the sprinkler on, like you said, hey, just put the sprinkler on it, let it run. So I put it out with a hose, and then I just left the sprinkler running. Mm-hmm. That didn't do it. Yeah, it did. Stop. Okay. But it, you know, once you burn your woods up, it looks like the woods have been burned up forever. For, My neighbor like, caught the woods on fire by our house when, when we were kids, you know, like the woods we played in. I don't know how the hell he did lot, it. a lot, lady. Yeah, and he just burned. I mean, sir. Yeah, there's been multiple days. Fire department out. Burn fire, burn the woods down over the yeah. years. You know, they just don't normally. They don't burn. How did, that, how did the cliche, the term, set the woods on fire, just become such a good thing? And every time I see it happen, everybody's in a panic. It's Hank Williams. <laughs> yeah, right. Hank Williams. 
Senior, junior. Senior. Had a song called Setting the Woods on Fire. I've That's why that. it was cool. Hank. Thanks a lot, uh, Hank. Don't play it because we're already. Do you think in the, Hank's people are going to come are, after us? Yeah, we're yes. already in the hole for this. Why show. is he going to come after us? I promise you, it will. Don't do it. Nobody wants to hear it. I just want to see if I'm right. I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going to play it. Setting the woods on fire, Hank Williams. Nobody denied it. I don't know it. I would have been. I just totally want y'all to see. I, I, I mean, I see it. Because y'all been telling is me, is that I was the one liar. he did a duet with Dion Warwick? It is not. No, oh, okay. that was before motocross existed in the U.S. That was before Torsten Hallman and Edison Die. I say we call David Bailey. So you know, we were Link somebody Billy the other day was playing a Hank Williams Jr. song, and I'm not the biggest country guy, but with my age, like when in the '80s, you're dead on when Hank Jr. was. Oh, it, it, oh you knew it. I don't care if you listen to country music yes, or not. You, you knew. You definitely knew. It. You knew like, the songs because everybody played them. The whole cassette tape, whatever it was, sure. you knew the whole thing. Country Boy Can Survive. Yeah, Kalaja. Kalaja was his dad's song, but he redid it. Yeah, he and did. made it huge, right? Mm-hmm. I just got nervous. I, I like it. Talking about David. I Bailey. get a little nervous too. Because you're wearing Chinese handcuffs <laughs> under the table. <laughs> Hello, David. Hi, Kelly. Kevin. How, how are you, <laughs> sir? <laughs> Close enough. I'm looking at both names on my phone. I'm good. Kelly, comma Kevin. How are you, like, from your, uh, all the, I know we, you and I kind of talked about it, but we had, uh, we've been talking about having you on and you've been going through some medical stuff. So you got all that kind of squared away, dude. It's been a rough year. You had your shoulder stuff. So just, yeah, it's been, it's been a long one. I mean, you know, I can't, I couldn't complain about the shoulder. You know, that was back in, uh, January of 22. And I had surgery on it a month later. And, um, that just took longer to recover from than I thought it would. Um, cause the downtime was completely nothing, nothing at all. I couldn't even sit up. So thank God for Gina. She's been through a bunch of stuff with me and if it weren't for her, man, I don't know Yeah. <laughs> or, or what would have ended up. So, uh, I got through that and had just like, you know, those days and weeks where you're just grateful You know, you're like, man, everything's just going good. Yeah. <laughs> Almost a little nervous. Like, okay, she's it's going too good. I hope nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then sure enough, man, I, um, I got like a few different little setbacks and I was, the last time I was, was out and doing good was right before the road recovery, uh, golf tournament out here, mm-hmm. which was sort of my idea in the first place. And the last two years I haven't even been able to go. Um, but I'm good now. Yeah. I had, today was like uh independence day for me. I went to the chiropractor and got out and hit a small bucket and oh, breath and breathe right fresh on. air. It's good for so, you. I'm heading into the weekend like pin. There you go. You're coming up on 62 by the end of the year, right? Isn't that what you told me? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I know, but I wanted you to tell a story about whenever you were talking to Roger because you and I were talking about my birthday had just passed. And I'm like, yeah, I'm 51. You go, lucky. I'm like, <laughs> so, I mean, you. Yeah. then Roger was like, oh, lucky to you when you were 50. That was yeah. really cool of him, you know, like where we used to live across the valley. We're still in Temecula, but. Um, our house, our backyard overlooked where KTM is. So if I still live there, I could watch and ride. Wow. You know, it's a little ways away. Like you can see better with binoculars, but I was, you know, with an earshot. Roger kind of got wind of that and invited me down one day. And as we were at lunch, you know, he just was, Ian was there and hmm. Roger just kind of out of the blues. Like, how old are you now, David? The 50. <laughs> he didn't seem too impressed. He was kind of grinned. Yeah. 
And then Ian and I were talking a little bit, and then Roger goes, yeah, wait till there's a six in front. Uh. And it was just like, as soon as I turned 60, I woke up the next day thinking, okay, well, that's that's just a coincidence that I woke <laughs> right. up feeling sore and like yeah. I slept wrong. Yes. It's been kind of crummy ever since. Man, I've everybody had, does that, though. Cool a lot of little dumb things, you know, that just you get going and they hold you back. So now I, you know, like when I talk to my dad, Gary, he's got one thing after another as well. And yeah. you just kind of joke about it. Like it is how it is. So, you know, it's like you had to throw off your goggles. So just forget, figure it out. Yeah. Finish the race. Yeah. Just deal with it. Right. One thing yeah. at a time. See that right. What you just said was a great uh, reason as to why you are. And I'm not trying, I, I don't want to just get all fanboyed out here. Cause like, I absolutely love the way you announce a motorcycle race and your analogies and your, just the way you speak, what you just said there, just yeah, throwing always, the goggles off, yeah, man. Why like Gant said, and I, or <laughs> you said it, or why told me one day after we hung out with you at our track, after the DMXS charity ride, he goes, dude, that guy gets another channel. He goes, he just gets another channel and he just kind of tunes us in. We get to, for a minute, we get the same channel you're getting whenever you speak to us about racing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, uh, grew up, looking at stuff a different way and just it comes natural to me I, i'm like doesn't everybody get that channel but i <laughs> you know don't. i've i it's cool that you say that I, thank you and i i there's others that i listen to that are like that it's it's interesting you know yeah. somebody drives things in such a way that kind of brings you in and teaches you a little something and so i'm happy to be able to to know that I can do that too. Yeah, and, and that brings me to my next point. I'm going to let you kind of go, like just art and the passing of Art Ekman and what that meant to you and your career. And because, dude, that was a that was a pretty solid duo there for many years. And <laughs> it was the most solid duo. Yeah, yeah man, it was. Um, you know, we're, we're. I think just from the beginning, you know, there was a bunch of guys um, sitting together down in Peachtree City, art included, and maybe to Spain to Macklemore guys like that. Like, what are we, who are we going to get? And from what I understand, art was just thinking it was really cool to have me on board. And as soon as I got to know him and, and meet him, cause he was in the field and I was in the booth or in the studio with uh, to Spain the first year. So I didn't really meet him that much. We didn't cross paths much until the next year. And then it was just immediately comfortable, immediately, um, I could tell that he was more interested in what I had to say and learning the sport hmm. um, than I was about how to take the job I was given serious. Wow. So it, it changed how much, how serious I took it. I, I kind of thought, hey, this is cool. Just, but it was just another gig. When Art came in, it made me realize, man, this is a gift. And it's wow. a, a really cool responsibility. So if we just click together and do this thing, Man, it's gonna be special. Kind of like an Anaheim '86. That part way into that, I'm like, man, we'll be talking about this one for a while. Yeah. And I just felt like that with Art right away. Like, he was genuinely a fan and wanted to learn everything, and he carried notes around and remembered things. And um, and then from the other side, for me looking to him, it was like he's 20 years older, and he always had some story every time he'd pick me up at the airport or whatever about like just this amazing experience. And so he lived a really neat life, like a lot of cool stuff. 
they he didn't he didn't just tell you you just learn it as you go and it, it took 10 years to learn what i thought was most and and then towards the later years um i learned way more especially when he got his 50 years in broadcasting and wow. talking about things he had done the people he had met what was special and i watching that i was learning you know even more i had no idea he had done so many different things for such a long time and so you know that that's what i didn't know but i felt it that all that polish kind of shined me up a little bit too so i'm very grateful for his ability to kind of bring me into that position that people give me compliments on now but i didn't have art to get me kind of started with the right understanding of what we were doing and how important it was and could be. Um, I don't know that I really would have lasted that long and I, I wouldn't have developed, you know, like, like I did. So I'm very grateful for that. And I'm glad I got to see him just a little over a year ago. He came out and um, we had dinner. It was super nice to oh, see he and great. Donna. Yeah, it was hard news. I knew he wasn't doing great, so it wasn't like a complete shock, but still when you hear that, it's just, I just sat there. What years did you guys work together? Out. When did you start and how long did you do it? I, I'm just trying to remember exactly. The first year was 94, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. One year the into the MC era. Jeez, dude. Gainesville. So he was in the, he was like at the races, you know, um, we'd send it down to him and back and, and he was just loving it. He just, he'd like, he wouldn't walk around the pits. He would kind of like, he's darn near jogging because <laughs> he was excited. You know, yeah. I had to get this story and I had to get this. And, um, so then the next year in 95, we were working together because Dave Despain, he was fantastic as well. Same thing. He gave me a lot of good stuff early on about, you know, you know we're not just winging it. There's just a little bit of a structure. And if I do this and you do that, then this should come out pretty good. And Art got into, you know, since we worked longer, more detail. But Dave phased out and Art came in and everything just worked at the right time with timing for him, for the sport. McGrath was doing his thing and ESPN and and uh, mm -hmm. I had a seat literally, you know, right in it. It was, I'm, I look back at that and I'm just about as happy about most of those experiences and what it the kind of impact it had is the rotting part, you know? Yeah. Kind of two careers. Well, we, we talked to, when we talked to BJ Smith about that. It was, um, there are certain races that are just iconic or, or something insane happened. And our memory is burned with the sound of you and art. Like we, we not only have the visual of what that happened at that race. We also know what was said. And I, I don't think that happens on, it might happen these days, but I don't think it happens like that. I mean, I can remember yeah. a specific pass and I know what the announcer said still to this day. And it was you and art. I mean, it's, you're, you're part of a lot of people's memories, man. It's killer. Yeah. And you, know, you yeah. guys brought it to <clears throat> like, would even like, I, yeah, brought it to life and brought in people that even if you didn't ride, you know what I mean? Like people that didn't ride could still watch that. And by the time the broadcast was over, they knew something about motocross. Yeah. You know, they knew something yeah. about supercross. They, they, in a, a, like you would teach people without teaching them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was natural. Yeah. Art was good at, um, he, he would know a lot. 
but he and he would ask me and he wouldn't ask me and make the question take forever like to try to give it to me and, you know take me down the street and you know kind of underhand it to me mm-hmm. um he just would ask like somebody that doesn't know for sure and then i would answer in such a way that hey i don't know if i'm talking to somebody um that's never watched a race before or watches once in a while or they're super into it yeah. I want to make sure that I appeal to everybody and don't let somebody down. And I thought about it a lot. He thought about his role as well. And um, it just worked. You know, yeah. he gave me the right advice and support. He said, you know, partner, I'll support you. But as long as you have, if you have a complaint, I, I had some few bitches here. <laughs> he goes, if you have a complaint, you know, we go heading into a meeting. He goes, I'll back you. Uh, mm. um, as long as I know that you have a, some kind of, solution some sort of constructive way to present it and then maybe elevate it if Mm -hmm. you got that i'll support you if not you're just going in there a bitch (laughs) right i'll be over on the other end of the table yeah i'll just wait for your advice. and then he also you know he did the life he lived it was i don't think i finished that point he being 20 years ahead of me i always kind of kidded with him that okay well at least have 20 more years of like awesome and um he just would laugh about it, but he, cool. he really enjoyed to go and kind of scout things in the cities we were going to, and he always knew the coolest place, and came and watched me do the Ironman in 98, and I'd already been there like six or seven times, and he just was there that once, and he had been to every helicopter ride, look at the lava, mm. <laughs> waterfall. He, You know, he really goes and studies and does his homework and it, it's fun to be around a person like that because it motivates yeah. you to get outside your hotel room and go eat somewhere you've never been yeah and speaking of hotel rooms you uh did tell me a little bit of a story because we're we are working on getting a certain member of the winners take all movie on our show and then you were i told you about that and then you were like well i have a little winners take all story so like you were in that movie and you weren't even supposed to be in it I just went over to watch. Brock was super nice. He, his wrist was in a cast, and um, but he was in the movie. And so he's trying to kind of be a liaison a little bit between some of us that wanted to come over and watch him film because we were staying close by to Texas Stadium where the Cowboys played. And, mm-hmm. and um, he's like, what are you doing right now? You want to come over and watch? And so as I'm there, he ends up talking us into like, you know, writes us into a scene and we're walking off the track like I'm supposed to have been, I just finished practice or something. And um, they're like, look how clean he is. I bet he didn't fall once or something like that. Um, yeah. It's just a, a few seconds, but you're in there. And now, you know, if I see it, I'm half embarrassed, half laughing, you know, it's, it's a. That's a quality a piece of cinema. You don't, yeah, don't be a, embarrassed. <laughs> that is, that's quality. Oscar quality I mean, cinema. I don't know how it got passed over. I don't know how you don't have yeah. one of those little gold trophies at your house. You and, and a, RJ both. It's amazing when you look back to all the actors and actresses that were in that, man. They went on to, a mm-hmm. lot of them did, you know. And For sure. You're talking about the, the main guy, uh, Rick Mellon, I think, right? Yep. yep. It was um, Don Michael Paul. And I kept in touch with him for a little while. And I won that race at, that night. And he was glued to me. He was super stoked because we, we got to talk. He asked me lots of questions. He was like art, real interested in it. 
and genuinely because you know he'd come over after the heat or and after when i went to maine and he followed me over to the podium and i hear i am kind of like starstruck a little bit like this is the guy that's yes. the main guy you know and he, he's hanging on me like i'm somebody i'm i'm just i'm just good at this you know but you're doing that you're gonna be in a movie you know and, and so it was a cool mixture you know and it was neat you know brock brought us into all that stuff and you know he took a lot of comments and stuff for mr gq mr gq his name was carl (laughs) hurry up but you know i mean brock had a lot to do with making all that thing happen and it's still hilarious if i if it was on tv and i turned it on i'd finish watching you'd watch it yes and you said that uh like if you watch that race and when you because y'all filmed it earlier in the day he's there He's right next to you in all the the shots of you winning the race, and you can kind of look around. He's like a goggle guy or a energy drink. <laughs> He's like guy. on yeah. the track, right, right there with him. Like with David's getting a trophy. He's like, woo, like, thumbs up. We did Dave. this. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty neat to see that cast. You know, like I said, there's like I think there's like four or five of them that they're still going. You yeah. know, I'm like, man, I remember just watching them just sitting there at like eleven o'clock at night or whatever. Texas Stadium was just us. Just the crew, you know, some cameras and booms and whatnot. And they're, they're walking. The scene they filmed that we got to watch was when they're going like, "We're going to Supercross, <laughs> <laughs> not the Supercross. No, no. Go, like we're going Just, to Supercross. Yeah, it was Supercross, the only one. Yeah. And so they they walk into the stadium, and it's when they first see it. He's like doing the echo, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Melon, Rick, Melon, Melon, Rick, Melon. Rick. <laughs> He's eating an apple. And uh, then the girls like, okay, okay, you guys better take this serious. That was the scene. They, they did McCormick. it like twice. And it was fine. <laughs> you know, the, it wasn't a super serious Tom Cruise film. But you know, it, did the Himalayas give you a problem that night? No. <laughs> Heck no, they didn't. He won. <laughs> he won. I was going to ask you, did Rick That's Millen? Actually, you know, what's interesting is that that stadium – so in 75, um, they went from having the Supercross races, which was just the Super Series, just motocross, you know, but it was Daytona, the Astrodome, and they do like multiple events, or I mean, uh, races at those two sites. Hmm. And in, in 75, they moved it to Dallas. So my dad was riding practice on his 250, and, uh, you know, it's Howerton and DiStefano and Weiner and you know, all, everybody, that Marty Smith. And my dad just rides over to me with his with his bike and hands it to me. He goes, hey, you know, if you want to ride a little bit, uh, I'm going <laughs> to let him keep go, keep going for like another 20, 30 minutes. Wow. And I rode it out the tunnel, threw on like a helmet and like a Boltaco jacket. Somewhere there's a picture and I'm in like tennis shoes and some plaid pants. It's hilarious. On an and AMA Supercross like track? Yeah, I rode about 20 minutes of practice wow. at Texas Stadium with all those Howerton and all them guys. And um, so it was, I don't think ever, we raced the Cotton Bowl usually when we went to Dallas, if we went. So that was my first time to go to Texas Stadium and race where I was like, you know, 14 or whatever as a kid, just with huge eyes, like, this is what I want to do someday. Yeah. And then I got to race there. They're filming a movie. I'm kind of in it, and I win the race. It was, That's it was, pretty awesome. It was like a, a kind of a moment, you know, in my career that stands out. I like the plaid pants idea. I thought you like. Has anybody ever wore plaid pants? Uh, I'm gonna find that picture. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd like it's to not just... a very good picture, but I'm gonna find it. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a good picture. You got plaid pants on a supercross track. <laughs> that's that's a, that screams. That's a good picture. I think that you should also like whenever somebody's doing a serious interview with you and they're talking about your competition back then, Wear and you're pants. you're like naming guys off. Like you should slide Rick Mellon in there just every every now. And one and of then. my biggest competitors, Rick Mellon. That's the fastest guy you've never heard of. Just sneak that in. Yeah, there. when Is you're just serious? talking about being and just... David getting old, like. <laughs> He's yeah, lost his I mind. Hadn't thought of that. Yeah, when you're that, be like, think, yeah, it was that night. You know, me, Hannah, Wardy, Rick Mellon, Rod Glover, but you know, just <laughs> just throw it in there, just out of the blue. I, dude, if you do that, yeah. just in an interview at some point, like David Bailey, is he sick? Is he? That okay? would be <laughs> epic. That would be so epic. When Davey was on that crew with us, Art and us, and uh, he would do that. He was good at that. Yes. Throwing a name, that, you know, some Jimmy Fallon, funny. Yeah, Kevin Kelly, you guys, that sort of humor. We're like, let's see if we can, who can throw in the name Calvin Kalicki. <laughs> it was this guy that raised Husky way back, and Davey knew about him. And yeah, sure enough, man, he, he's he just spliced it in so perfect. So yeah, I'll have to figure out where it fit. Rick yeah, Mellon. maybe in one of my t-shirt thing comes up. That is epic, that man. Would, yes. Heck, the fact no, that David Bailey ranks. So you rank your top opponents, and if you sneak Rick Mellon in about number eight, just just have the rope. <laughs> yeah. You know, these are some of the toughest guys I ever raced, and Rick Mellon about number eight, and it'd be like, what the? I'll somewhere Keith Bowen ninth. Yeah, he was good. He was good. I always when I'm whenever I'm announcing Loretta's, I throw Ashy Larry in there about 14th place in the 85, 12 to 15 <laughs> from the Chappelle Show. I've done that 50 times for my own amusement. You guys, you're great at that, by the way. Yes. I listen to that stuff, and it's like you just. Always have a thought. You're always on point. And I've sat there in the tower, you know, where that's happening. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of times chaos because you can't hear and the thing's not working. And <laughs> yeah, you're right. You a piece of paper in front of you from this and they like, what's this? I got to read this. Wait, there's a mud on the line. And you balance all that stuff out really good. Yeah. Well, Wygant is fantastic. He'll come up there and I know he's not seeing this race. He just walks up. And he's literally, I wait till he puts a hamburger, just shoves it in his gullet. And I said, hey, Weech, tell me about this moto. What are you seeing out here? He goes, well, I'll tell you. And he, he, he is as good as chewing, anybody. Chewing he is so and good. Yeah. Yeah. And I do it just to mess him up and trip him up, but he can't. He just shoots that burger out of his mouth onto the floor and just goes. <laughs> I get stuck. Yeah, I don't have that ability. Oh, if I'm talking about something I know I can do it. But right. if I just got to live and goof off, I can't. I get well, stuck. I want to go back and talk. And, and we've since we've had you on DMXS for years, you're like the first guest we had on recurring. This image of you driving to your first national is one of my all time favorite stories with the rear wheel hanging out of the Toyota yeah, or whatever. It's got the bike hook. You can tell the story. Describe but, how you loaded and, and, that bike. I want to talk yeah, that. And then that. going out there and you get your ass kicked and you're watching the sun come back up and you, whatever. I just love that. Is whole that Colorado? Yeah. Yes. So it's 1980. So in 79, I rode a Voltaco. We went out to California to the Sears Point National. I didn't make the main or didn't qualify. And then drove back to Denver. I did qualify. Um, so I was familiar with the place, and I, I kind of knew where I was going. And when it came time to go, it was like, we, we can't really afford it. And my dad was like, I got schools, and, you know, why don't you just go? And I'm like, I you know, a little bit of piss came out when he said that, <laughs> right? <laughs> a long way. I've been, you know, so he goes, you can, uh, how old are you at this time? Car. Um, 11, 12, 13, 18, eight, 18, <laughs> eight. I think. Okay. So I turned pro a year later. 
So I was pro when I was 17. So I'm there the next year. So I was still 17, 18 at the end of the year. Anyway, I, uh, I'm like, my mom, how's, how am I going to fit everything in the car? Because I had done that um, once before. I put my whole taco in the back of the car. The, like, you know, <laughs> just pull everything apart like a schematic. And, you know, just the forks lay over here and the swing arm. And the... so anyway, he figured out a way to, like, pack the car all up with my gear and the gas can, imagine that, and uh, in the car and made a hitch where with U-bolts through the front axle tightened into the fork legs, front wheel off, of course, we would just tighten those U-bolts down and just bolt the bike to the hitch on a little bit of a wheelie and the rear wheel just rolled on the ground. And I just, you know, he drove it around, he goes, yeah, it works. <laughs> but the rear wheel of the motorcycles out. on the highway, yes. right? Yeah, like, watch out when you're backking up, you know. So I was always yeah, working. yeah. So I I had he drilled holes in my race bike, you know, rear fender um, for a license plate, <laughs> and I took the chain off and ran a street tire, uh, like a spare rear wheel, and drove <sighs> from you know basically Martinsville, Virginia to Denver. Are those wheel bearings and, rated for things like this? I mean, I can't I imagine. I can't believe it didn't catch on no, fire. <laughs> no, it was ready, fire, aim, you know. And I hit it, dude. We'll see there. what happens. So I got there, and I think I was doing really good in my heat race, and I somebody, like, crashed, and their bike hit me or something like that, and I didn't qualify. Ah. And I just watched the whole rest of the day, and what I saw was Ken Howerton got his time mixed up and the starting line was really far from the pits and he had to run i heard all this kind of commotion I'm like what's everyone yelling about and they see him and his wife was keeping up for a little while and he, he's running to the start anyway he wins that moto and the race wow and on the way home i got out of the car partway through colorado i think i was still in colorado heading home at really dark you know middle of the night and maybe early morning and um, I'm looking at it. it looked like there was a cloud, but it, w it wasn't a cloud. What is that? And I, I just pulled over. There's no one I'm by myself. Every once in a while, a car would go by. So I could just take my time and look at the sky. And it was I saw the Milky Way like I'd never seen it before until I did Ram. Yeah. Um, and I just, in that moment, it just hit me like, hey, you know what? Next time you come back here, you're not going to be driving here like this. And you're going to do good. I'm not going to not qualify. So I decided I'm going to get my act together. I'm going to start training. I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to just start stacking stuff up, you know, together. And I'm going to ride a little bit more and take this more serious. Because mm -hmm. I think my window is only so long where I got an opportunity where this is going to work or not. Yeah. And I, I can't have it not work. I just can't have that. So that was kind of the rest of that drive on the way home. I came home with a whole new attitude towards kind of like the tv like okay you know this is even cooler than i was thinking let me really take this serious and make sure that i don't you know let anything fall through the cracks and that, that was it so I, when i the next time i went back there was they didn't go there um the the 250 you know like what the class i was oh, in didn't yeah. go there right. until 83 and i flew there and I didn't have to get up early and drive in, you know, my mechanic did that. And I got there, like I saw all those other factory riders arriving late when I was there, it's still dark. 
trying to get my bike to like the the grass was so tall where I was in the pits that the stand wouldn't stay. <laughs> the bike would just tip over. Tip over. <laughs> just lean it against the car. You know, I had to like walk around and beat the grass down. So I thought, you know, this is so important to remember, but also like, man, look at those guys. They're driving in their team jackets and they go and get on their bike. It's already just a factory bike on the stand. And Sitting I on wanted a rug. that. <laughs> and when I went back the next year or the next time in 83, I won both motos and kind of sewed up the championship that day. I, I, you know, officially in Millville, but I really won it there at that race in Colorado, which again, we go back a few years earlier, the way that I even got there at home and how I did by yourself was a complete opposite. Yes. Yeah. So I accomplished it, you know, it was a real marker, you know, and let me know I was on the right track. I just want to keep it going. That, But nobody, I, there's not too many stories of guys that didn't even make the show at a national and two years later on a factory Honda team. Like they're Going already one, on one. the team by the time they leave Loretta. So it's, I know it was a different time, but it's just fascinating to me to hear you say, I didn't even make motos. Well, and he was aware yeah. that, Hey, I probably won't come back here with my rear wheel on the pavement. Hopefully. And I'll be flying back. Like you, you kind of knew David, it's funny when you, when you always put your mind to something, you've, ended up being the best there was when you decided, Hey, I'm going to take this serious. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, I mean, without having to say it, I mean, the, the underlying thing is that if I'd have had to go back there with my bike, with the rear wheel on the ground, a couple of years later, I would have, yeah. I, I didn't want to. Right. I was like, I'm better than this. Um, this comes pretty easy to me when I put in a lot of work and it, it seems to, I, I noticed the difference. I get it. Um, it was still work and I still had injuries and times where it was not all fun. Yeah. But I, for the most part, looking back over my career, and especially right then and where it was kind of blossoming, um, I knew that I could do it, but I wasn't sure how long it was going to take. I was just in. Like however long it takes, yep. I'm gonna come back here three more times with dragging the rear wheel. I will. But it was neat that I was able to go back the very next time and like do as good as possible. And I was kind of battle with Hannah that day. He was awesome. I got a pretty good start the first moto. He was behind me and I think he fell and I don't know how he did, but I realized hey, that's more points. So you know, it's too bad for Bob, but that's good. And then uh the second moto, we were kind of dicing it a little bit. And remember I told you I had raced there in, on the Boltaco yep. in 79. So in the second moto there, I was just mid-pack, you know, 20th. And going down a ski jump, kind of dusty. A guy had fallen, and I I didn't see his bike or anything until I was in the air. It was too late. Mm. And as soon as I landed, I just hit a bunch of crap. <laughs> Cartwheels, <laughs> and you don't know where you're at. And as soon as you kind of come to – enough speed where you can turn around. The first thing you do is turn around and look behind you. See who's coming. coming. Yeah. And the first thing I saw like five feet away from me was Hannah at his foot peg. Scott Jesus, man. Like, oh, he barely missed my head. He actually came over to me afterwards. He goes, Hey, you okay? That was close. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, they, then I was kind of actually was on my mind when I was following him in the second moto, like, Hey, no one's catching us. He's not getting away from me. 
I don't want to go any faster than this if I don't have to. And I don't. So I'll just hang here a while. Yeah. This is badass. I'm riding behind Hannah. And I can, you know. <laughs> you're having those them. thoughts while you're doing it? Oh, absolutely. Like this guy almost ran over my head last time I was here. And now I'm following him <laughs> up. That was pretty neat. Yeah. And in 83, a lot of times I, I believe you guys would say that if Hannah didn't crash, he was the fastest by a, a long, I, uh, big margin. I mean, I had my races where I was fast and stuff and, you know, I could keep up with them, but it really, he should have won all that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm bummed I won. Um, Don't leave. But here's what I did. Cause I, I thought about it and I think I might even have this chat with my dad or Gary he, and he's like, look, you know, I'm tired of hearing about you talking about like, pull your head out of your butt with all this, how you stack up to everybody you want. Now go out there and, you know, keep it. And when I went to Japan at the end of that year, I still have it here. They, I have one of those Japanese warrior helmets that oh, Mr. Cool. Honda gave me. And it was kind of like, Hey, look, you know, there now you have a target on your back. Yeah. Now they're coming for you. You, know, you get all those beads on the back of the helmet to like protect you from behind. And so I, I went, okay, you know, Maybe that was a gift in some ways and definitely in other ways. Let me uh, make sure that I deserve it. So in 84, I won. Yeah. 85, I kept winning. 86, I kept winning. That's I right. kept going back to the donations. I kept winning USGPs. I kept winning Golden State races and off-season stuff in Paris. So I was like, it wasn't like I kind of lucked into it a little bit because I was next in line. And then I never won again. Yes, for I, sure. I was like, look, man, maybe I shouldn't have won that time, but I maybe should have won an 82. Yeah, People you proved don't think that you're worthy, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, let me make sure that others in the chit-chat, there wasn't social media back then, but you hear things, you know. And I, But in my own mind, I wanted to, my head to hit the pillow and know that Look, I can't help it if somebody gets hurt, but what I can help is continue winning and remove all doubt, you know? And um, so I'm happy that I was able to do that. Hey, tell me, like, you're the king of style, in my opinion, from back in that time until we get to Ricky, and then Ricky kind of takes that mantle and runs with it. But you wore some of the coolest gear. You rode some of the coolest bikes. So just I'm going to tee you up and let you just talk about those factory works, handmade Hondas. The JT gear, the the Scott mask, like the whole it was deal a is, special time, is man. Bitching, dude. Like everybody, yeah. And I'm not giving these guys a hard time now. Everybody kind of wears their stock, whatever stock paint. Not you know the paint jobs aren't what they were, and, and you know that, I know it, I, it's how it is. But damn, it was so good back then. We sound like oh, it was better in my day, but <laughs> get off my grass. But but yeah, but <laughs> that's cool. And but grass. also like pre 86, what you know the production rule. I mean, you had some cool yeah. stuff. So tell me, tell cool. me what yeah. you some exotic stuff you remember, some stuff that never made it. You were like, holy shit! I mean, that crazy front fork looking. Well, you, I mean, as I was coming up, like my first year pro, I'm on a bull taco. There's only one of those. Yes, the race. It's mine, and there's only one because I only have one. I don't have a backup one. So I went from that in my first year pro to you know the. F1, Ferrari, top of the line, you know, <laughs> when Honda was the, the best, right? So yeah. I, I got to see two shocks and then two shocks laid down and then a down pipe and then an up pipe and then upside down forks and water cooling and linkage. And I'm like, man, things were advancing week to week. 
Um, so, you know, it's hard to really pick any one thing other than the pace at which all that was moving. Cause you would have like, I don't know, 11 inches of travel at one race. And then the next race, somebody else over there has got like, you know, 12 and a half inches of travel and some other, the springs are somewhere else and it, all this crazy stuff. And then Suzuki rolled their bikes into Mount Morris with like horse blankets over them. Cause they came out with that full floater. Didn't want to even yeah. look at it. Horse blankets. It really? I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah. Keep the cameras last on. minute. Like, yeah, just totally like, you know, but they didn't want anyone to see. Now everything is so open. I'm sure there's still secrets and things, you know, but it's a lot more accessible now, which is cool for fans to get involved. But there was also a lot of mystery before. That's what I liked about that era, the mystery. Yeah. Um, this These days, when it comes to the gear on the mystery, like some, I remember watching some practice sessions and be like, where was Dungey? Was he, I didn't know. And he was wearing some other kind of gear. So right. sometimes I almost wish like they did what we used to do, which is wear a similar outfit all year. And then here and there at certain races, change it up. So then you're like, oh, look at that. Yeah. That's what I thought was cool. Nowadays, they just wear a different color every lap, you know? They bring them <laughs> just a bunch of stuff and go, here's what you wear for press day. Here's what you do for practice, your parade lap, your <laughs> the right. heat, the, you know, the main. And they just accept it. And I think that the industry and the horsepower and the, the inertia of all of that and how it's even in place, the riders maybe let go of their grip of it in terms of having a say yeah that from, from a spectator standpoint i don't know if the riders really sit down and go this is what i want to wear at indy you know uh, maybe they do but i think the factories decide now they're like this is what we want to sell this is what yeah. we're wearing when i was riding it was like what do you want to wear we'll make it that's the difference <laughs> pretty that's so, cool. and so it wasn't just like that at jt it was like that everywhere so yeah. You know, we would wear, uh, if it was a mud race, you could still figure out who Jeff Ward was. You might have a hard time telling the difference between me and Lachine, but you could tell the difference between me and Rick yeah, or Brock if, if we were just all brown because we had our own, we stuck out a little bit. Now, from gear to trainers to tracks to video, everything is out in the open. It's starting to all look similar, you know. I think the awesome thing about when you're talking about the shocks going from two shocks to lay down shocks to, to all that stuff was changing that you guys could back then the bikes were, I mean, I hate to say just bad, but getting better so much that you could also, could you just like, were there things that you could just tell the difference? Like they would change something on your bike this week. You'd be like, Oh yeah. Or they'd come out with something new yeah. and you'd be like, Oh, cause you guys could override and you I feel like you could have broken a lot of those bikes at will if you really wanted to. Yeah, probably. But I, I didn't, so I never thought about it. <laughs> yeah. um, well, it didn't make sense to, but just... Forth. Apparently, yeah. these wheels don't break because when I rode Boltaco, I broke wheels all yes, the time. right. And I broke some of Kawasaki, too. Um, but when I got to Honda, I never had a DNF. And the, the very first time I ever had a, a problem of any kind... It was the night, it was uh, the Carlsbad GP in 84, the 500 deal. And we're having dinner, like O'Mara and his girlfriend and me and Gina and my mechanic. 
Cliff and Gina just for some reason, don't know why, <laughs> she just goes, hey, so you've never actually had a problem or anything with your bike, have you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like throwing a no-hitter, like don't talk to the pitcher, dude. Yes. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> Cliff White, my mechanic, he just put his head down like, oh. I'm going to the truck right now. <laughs> he, just, he stands up and storms Why out. <laughs> Next day, I'm leading the first moto, got a big lead. Johnny's in second. And I'm like, this is rad, you know, and I broke my rear wheel. Uh, on wide world of sports. That is and so Honda wild. wasn't pumped about that. You know, they were actually, I think that event, I, don't, I might not have this exactly straight but i think i think i heard this correctly from cliff white that honda was like you know that didn't look good so they figured out that the shine that was on the spokes at the time took away from the tensile strength of it who figured so then, that out damn so the finish they actually the, weakened it and, oh, of course it was we test for days <laughs> Yeah, they're like they made forty spoke wheels. They did a lot of different things, and wow. but they decided that 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 uh, coating or whatever it was that messed it up. And so that's how come for a while there, when you were getting bikes, the spokes would look crappy after like yeah. two weeks. You know, right. wash the bike three or four times, and they're all corroded looking. So that that was why. I had like, to oh, do. I'm glad I could help. They had to do all that testing and all that like figuring out all the spokes when they really could have just blamed it on your wife. That was an easy out. Because yeah. any other motocrosser right? would be so superstitious that it, it, nothing to do with the finish, nothing to do with the spokes. It was Gina. It was Gina, it was Gina the whole time. Yeah. Yep. You know, you watch some like Bull Durham movie and he's, you know, Kevin Costner's talking about, I was in the show once. And they all just lean in. You know? <gasps> what? Because he described it a little bit, detail. And man, it was, it was like cathedrals and you get brand new balls. It, when you, when he kind of, pull people in that already got an interest and give them more inside information like that feeling you know and that scene or scenes like that or you know somebody who's had the privilege of actually being there mm -hmm. um i was there so i'd go walk the track and then walk back to the pits and there's my bike and it's bitching yeah, <laughs> and i'm gonna man. step in the back of the box van and i know there's people that or fans that are standing out there watching all this and you're trying to figure out how to act. It's a weird position to be in, you know, because you're just standing there in your underwear changing and there's everyone taking pictures. <laughs> right. It was just a lot more intimate, I guess, back then. And For sure. I put on gear that no one had ever seen before. Hmm. Every, you know, a helmet no one had ever seen. And sometimes Honda would just show up like for Daytona and they'd have just bubble paper of all new parts and, we go somewhere and put on this combination that they figured out to kind of get a head start on outdoors plus Daytona for mm. power. And it would just be, you, you wouldn't even finish a lap. You're like, this is already faster. I don't know what you did, but good, <laughs> leave it. Wow. How awesome you know? is that? But it took a long time early in the year when we were testing, those bikes were trick and exotic, but you know, there was other stuff that it took a long time to get used to. And they were pretty fast at changing that from year to year, but they would in changing it, they'd also move from the pipe from the left to the right yeah. and the sprocket from the right to the left. You know, they was like, wait, they didn't. What, now I don't, now I'm lost again. Yeah. But the, the pace it was accelerating, they didn't take time and try to build a bridge back. They were just pinned. 
with yes. a big budget. So like a baseline, like I'm thinking the whole time you're telling me all this, you, you had a baseline for what, three weeks at a time, maybe <laughs> some sort of a base and all right, we changed we'll everything. We'll start over, erase, erase wow. the sheets. We'll start over. It was interesting to hear, uh, it was an interview, I think Cliff was my, my mechanic from 83 through the rest of my career. And then he was of course involved at Honda for a long time. But after me, he had George Holland and they won then John Michelle Bale. And he told me that Bale was the same as me in, in the regard that he would find us, you know, get test, you know, in the beginning of the year and then be like, okay, this is what I like and leave it. He Just wouldn't change it. it at all. Wow. The whole year, like not even for, you know, nope, he'd leave it the same. And I think Carmichael's a little bit like that. Like certain people, I guess I'm one of them. You, you don't try to get it perfect because somewhere that you're, oh, you're going to have to give it up over there and that G out, you know, yes, there's, right. I would feel like, Hey, fix it for the most of the track to where I'm comfortable with it. And I know what it's going to do. And then, yeah, maybe it could be better, but it's good enough. Yeah. I'll make up the difference. That's a thing. Dungey was known a for a little bit more. He chased that. He could go too far. Long. Yeah. He could go too far. And then I don't want to go into some sketchy section and kind of be wondering about the bike. I want to know. Yeah. And so I stuck with, you know, I probably didn't help him develop stuff very quickly, but I, I helped him accurately assess. Like I didn't use the upside down forks for quite a while. They, they just weren't ready. Yeah. And I, I looking back, I, I don't think they were, and it was a good decision. Was, was that um, a put, was that a tired. fight? Was that a fight from Honda? Like whatever was on the production bike, I'm sure they would love for you to run that. But was there ever that discussion where like, whatever's best for you run it. It sounds like you got your way, but I would like now that everybody's running. He whatever. was pre-production on upside down. Oh, downs. okay. So you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah. You're right. 86. Yeah. I mean, there, that was the production year though. And, uh, there was no requirements by Honda okay. for us to, oh, okay. you know, I, there was times where I was running a Dunlop front tire and a Pirelli Bridgestone rear tire. And, like they didn't matter what stuff we had. Rick had a pro circuit pipe sometimes. And <laughs> they were like, Hey, look, just win. Okay. And, <laughs> not with a green front fender or something yes. absurd, like just <laughs> stay somewhat within the guidelines. But you know, Hey, if Lunas and Rick want to go off on their own and work on their stuff, fine. As long as you come That's back together and function as a different. team and we get results. Yeah. We had Keith Turpin on and he talked about his dad was like, buddy, I can make this thing scream. So he's, his dad just said, all right, we're going to do whatever we do. And Keith, and then the engineers would come. Yeah, and all the Japanese know. engineers go, what in the hell did you just do? Do you destroyed everybody? Mount Morris <laughs> you or know something. What? The, so I was riding in 82, my first year at Honda. And at the end of the year, unfortunately for Donnie Hansen, he was injured. And I flew over last minute and rode his bikes. And as soon as I got on his 250 and did like a half a lap, I'm like, good gosh, no wonder we got so many hole shots. Thing was oh, so fast. Yeah. Right. I'm like, wait a minute. It's the same exact bike as mine, you know, and it's no slide on Paul Turner, my mechanic, but evidently. Uh, Donnie had some combination of some mm -hmm. kind of something and, um, Lunas maybe got in there and did a little massaging or whatever, but it was, it was faster than mine. I noticed it immediately. And same with Hannah, his bike was really fast. We once in a while during testing, we'd ride each other's stuff, you know? Yeah. Every time I rode Johnny's bike, his clutch slipped. And every time I rode Hannah's bike, it was just like a, a light switch with a, you know, a MotoGP front brake. And oh, wow. You know, then you get back on your bike and you end up making like a couple little changes. And so it just helps everybody, I think, fine tune everything. For sure. 
I don't know if they still do that or not, but we did. Dude, you were talking about like riding styles and, and whenever your son watched James Stewart, I guess it was James Stewart riding, he goes, oh, I cannot do that. I don't want to do that. And I watched the video. Well, he didn't say it. But yeah. <laughs> he didn't say it, but I, I sensed it. Right, and, right. But like I, I watched yeah. I watched Bob Hanna on a, on, a, on a race. He was racing you. I don't know what year it was, but I'm like, the, t the difference between you and him on a uh -huh. motorcycle, but y'all go the same speed. And I'm like, yeah. What's the point in having good form if this guy behind me can ride like an absolute <laughs> maniac? And no I try, feet, and you no try hands. so hard to look beautiful on a motorcycle, and this savage I'm glad just you brought that up because I, you know what I I cared about um, when my dad was filming. I would watch the videos, and I wanted to look like I wanted to look at a certain thing in mind. And if it didn't look like that, I would go out there and fix it. It had zero to do with technique. You just want to look cool. <laughs> Absolutely zero to do with technique. At, but everybody copied David Bailey in order to have proper technique. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, almost just cussed right there. I mean, that's how much I didn't care. I didn't awesome. care about technique. All I wanted to do was I wanted to, to feel good. I was, you know, like, okay, that's not, like, I'm not sure I can do that again. No, I, I can do it feels good to do it like that. That's what that feels like. And that's what also, that's what that looks like looks on camera. Yeah. And I would marry that in my mind and be able to just go do it over and over. And the more you do it, the better you get. You have setbacks and stuff, but that was kind of like my baseline of how I got myself dialed. We do it with the bike, get it close. And then with me, I'd go like, look, I don't expect to win every race, but I think come the end of the year, um, if I work on these skills, those skills, this training, then I think I can be there at the end. And, and it always was working. And it worked leading up to the, to the spotlight, I guess, I landed in when I yeah. finally won. I was number 93, then 45, then 23, then 11. So I cut it always in half. So I was like on a That's steady cool. climb. I never really I, thought about that. In my that. mind, I thought it was going to take longer than it did. But... Um, it, it all kind of went really well, you know? Yeah, you start and cutting I, in I look half, back that's at progress. It. Yeah, almost exactly, too. So it was a, I wanted to be up there, but I, in the back of my mind, I knew I kind of didn't really earn it yet. So even in 83, when I ended up in that spot, it was like, shoot, you know? Bob, <laughs> what should I say? I, I didn't know. It was, it was, I was so new to it. And in my mind, I wasn't quite ready to be a champion. And it took me some time to learn how to just stand around, who to talk to and stuff. You know, you, everything changes yeah. completely. You know, I went from being pretty good and no one really expected me to win to like everyone standing around taking pictures of my blue number plate, you know. Yeah. And there was a, a lot to take on. But I met Gina right the very next year and then. That always helps, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. Tell me about your teammates, man. Like, you had some epic-ass teammates from Mickey Diamond, Ron Lachine, O'Mara, Bob Hanna, Rick freaking Hampson. Johnson. Damn. Yeah, RJ. Man. Come on. That's a murderer's row so of dudes to hang out with. the first team I signed on with in 82, I didn't even know you who it was going to be. So they had Magoo, Schultz. <laughs> yeah, Darren um, Schultz. Jim Gibson. Chuck's son, um, 
Don Hansen, Johnny O, and me. Seven factory guys. <laughs> That's insane, man. Wow. And in that year in 82, they also had their really big effort uh, B team. Same box fans, same everything. Greg Arnett was like the team manager guy of that. And that was like JoJo Keller, mm. Jim Ellis, Steve Martin, Keylon. Forget who well, else. Crazy guy. Huh? Right? So it was JoJo. like when we tested and most everyone showed up, it looked like a freaking race. <laughs> so yeah, you had half a gate. <laughs> it's like the yeah, star team. Go out and be, you know, do four or five laps with a pipe something combo and come back in and, you know, they'd work on something and change the cylinder or whatever. You go By the time you go back out, you're like, there's already been like four or five motos. The track's different. The track's rougher. way different. <laughs> so then, you know, we would be spying each other a little bit like, oh, you see you wheelied over that? And so as a rider, we were <clears throat> learning really fast from each other. I wasn't out there teaching anybody, but people were observing, and yeah. so was I. So we got faster and more skilled. And then as we would develop, the bike was developing and trying to keep up with that and vice versa. So, yeah, it was a, a really neat time. You know, when I see what's going on now, um, I just listened to a, something. Was guys talking about, you know, hey, you talk to your teammates, you test and stuff, and it, I was surprised, you know, they, they don't. Not kind of. like, not like you and guys we did. We did. Yeah, so that was a big team to sign on with. Then it trimmed it way down. It was just me and Hannah and Johnny. Um, and I was all just becoming good friends with Johnny and more comfortable around him. And, you know, we're in an elevator with a million people and he farts and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> My man. I mean, that's when you do it, right? Yeah, of course. Wait till it's crowded. Yeah. It he he just cracked me up with the unexpected <laughs> kind of wild things that he would do, and so it made being a factory rider and getting used to that, uh, driving around and rent cars and stuff, kind of fun because yeah. he had already he was ahead of me a little bit, that kind of knew the ropes, and then when Hannah came in, it was like oh man, you know he's the father of all this stuff, and so the only person that really gave him any hassle was DeCoster. And they're sitting on the box van bumper next to me, you know, talking about, I don't know, whatever. And uh, it was, it was neat for me to, because I was such a fan of those guys in yeah, the late 70s. I would think. And then to be on the team with them and Rogers, you sitting there in gear. Like he was still riding and pretty fast. And still fast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Johnny and I were like, gosh, if you just put his visor up a little bit higher. You so <laughs> look so much cooler. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Man. So that was like, you know, when it came to gear and stuff, I mean, when I first went to JT, that was red and white, mostly the Honda team. And I switched it to blue. And the first race I went to, I didn't think much about it. I was like, Whoa. I thought it was cool. But I didn't know what, I didn't even think what Johnny was going to think until he was like, hey, hey, David, do you have any socks? You know, I lean out the back of the box fan over to him, and I had my blue pants. I was already dressed. What the hell, man? And he man? just, <laughs> what the hell are those? <laughs> so we all switched to blue, and then somebody, you know, then Troy Lee started painting helmets. Oh. And it was a fun era. I think the guys in the 90s, they, they've had their fun. The, the guys after that, they had their fun. But for us, it was like, what's this bike going to look like? What's yeah. it even going to sound like? 
and evolution. how's it going to feel when I ride it? And then when we went to tracks, we didn't have track maps. You know, when I went to that race in Dallas for the winner's take all against Rick Mellon, there was like, <laughs> there, you go. there we go. No track go. map, <laughs> right? No track map. You just walk it and you're looking at a double going, I'm not even sure if this, did they mean for this to be a, you know, you're walking around the track with question marks like that. It's not already a foregone conclusion yeah, that what you're going to be in. Yeah, the triple's not 65 feet. I, I remember Rick telling me, hey, wait till you see the triple. And I, was, I walked the track and I, I didn't see a triple. Double, the double and a single. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you're wrong. There, 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 there was no triple out there. Yeah, it was just a neat time, you know, and always fun to reminisce about it with you guys. Well, tell me about Ron Lachine. Let's talk Ronnie. Let's talk Mickey Diamond. Hold on. I want to interrupt real quick because I want to, and it, it's a testament to how. Good you are at like when you put your mind to something that you've already worked Rick Mellon into. You've already done it. We had that conversation. You've <laughs> already worked already it. Like, doing it. Well done. Yeah. Yes. And then when you said Rick said something about the tri the triple, people don't know you could be talking about Rick, Rick Mellon. Mellon still. Yeah, that's Good right. Oh yeah, I was. Let's stay, let's, let's <laughs> yeah, stay the course. Was, um, the first time I saw Lachine, I was still on Kawasaki, and I just went to North Carolina to a, a race, I think, for Loretta Lynch huh. qualifier or something. Yep. And I'd heard of Lachine. I think I saw him in Cycle News or something from Mammoth. And I went down there for Team Green just to be there and, you know, whatever, be a part of it. And I think Eddie Warren was their, their guy. Yep. And I saw Lachine go by and immediately went, that guy has a brand new style and is going to turn heads and he's going to win races and he's going to do it quick. Like he's, I don't even know what he's doing here. Like why in the hell is somebody that good here? He God. should already be like riding a factory bike in California. Somewhere. Right. And pretty much that's how it went. Like, but uh, Eddie Warren beat him in that race. It rained, poured, mm. and Eddie was really good in the mud. And Ronnie couldn't ride mud. Not good enough, and yeah. so he won all the motos except the muddy one. He did so bad, more more and beat him. But he came to a couple of supercrosses early on, number two twenty four factory, and I was so busy in my own thing in eighty three that I didn't really notice him that much until Orlando when he won his first race, and. <clears throat> That's when, I, again, he had that same sort of – there's a thing about him, you know? You kind of – you stand next to him on the podium, and you're like, there's something to him. It's yeah. all the good guys that have it, you know? Mm -hmm. And Ronnie had that. He's just standing on the podium, handsome. I think he, he – I don't know if he had braces or not. Maybe. I think he had braces. <laughs> I think he yeah. did. He, God, he made braces look good. Like, Damn. <laughs> I think he was 16. Right, he's sixteen. These trophy yeah. girls are not sixteen. Yes, he's twenty-seven. But, he but they're care. still interested. He was. This French kiss that of, woman right uh, now. He had a lot of confidence. He and I, I think that he took the racing and how he looked and how he did it in his riding style. I think he was similar to me in that people might be like, "Oh, he was a natural." Hey, well, maybe he was a natural, but he rode his ass off. He but he did worked a lot. on it. Yeah. To get that good, yeah. I mean, he, he, if he hit a, one jump and practice cross-ups all day, that's still riding. 
Because you yeah. got to do a couple corners to get back to there, and that <laughs> becomes a track, and that's fun. And next thing you know, it's dark, and you're out of gas. I think <laughs> right. Ronnie had a lot of those days. And it showed. When he came to Honda, um, we had a whoop section there that you couldn't triple through, or you couldn't skim it. We didn't think of that back then. They are like cement and big. And our suspension was softer, and you know that soft. it just hadn't yeah. come to there yet. You couldn't even do it. And and if you did, you crossed your fingers. It, it might have worked, but if it didn't, you're dead. So Ronnie came through and decided to just wheel tap through. He went three, three, three like that. Hmm. And he had some stuff in lines he took that as soon as he left, me and Johnny were like, "Did you see that?" <laughs> uh, I mean, from now on, you know. So he, that's pretty cool. He brought extra stuff to the team, whether it was style or a certain um, technique that. To him, seemed natural, but I'd never seen that before. Yeah, he never thought of that. And thought it was cool. Like, oh, he waits to do that. Then he shifts. And, okay. And so we he was somebody at the team that the other guys could learn from, you know, really fast. And because I, you know, like, I didn't learn a lot from Daryl Schultz or, you know, Jim Gibson or guys like that. No slight on them. They're great. And they're yeah. a lot better than me. But I. There wasn't somebody that I could really connect with a little bit and kind of learn from and watch and be like, oh, I like how he does that. Certain riders have that and they stand out and Lachine was certainly one. Like I didn't watch Bob and be like, oh, I'm learning stuff. I just, <laughs> I was learning how fast you can go. Yeah. If, if you're not scared to hang off <laughs> he the was bike a train no wreck. feet, no He was hands. a frightening train wreck. That, And you and I talked about this on the phone. We were like watching Jet Lawrence ride. You're like, oh, I can do that. That looks fun. Riding a dirt bike when I watch Jet or Jean-Michel they or make Kevin it look Wyndham easy. or David Bailey or Ron Lachine yeah. ride looks fucking fun. But yeah. those dudes yeah, like you Ricky and... get a bike and yeah. start riding again. I know. <laughs> right. Well, when we watched Bob, it was fascinating. And, like, I don't want to do that. Exciting. It looks painful. <laughs> it's so scary. It was probably like what it would be like to see, you know, Stewart or Carmichael at home, you know, that... Violent, There's man. probably a lot of laps and speed that they did that no one ever got to see. Yeah. Um, well, as teammates and friends of Bob to go out to the desert and do different things, I got to see a lot of his skills, mm -hmm. and they're never ending. It's smooth and precise isn't necessarily it on a motocross track, and he'll be the first to tell you that, even though I think he's better at it than he says. Yeah. But his speed and his creativity and his his style and the way he would get away with stuff, it never stopped fascinating me, you know? Even, like, 85, 6, when I was maybe kind of passing him up a little bit, I still see him. Like, he came to Southwick just to do that national. Like, just get ready and let while everyone's out there, like, dialed in, just let them do all that and then just show up to a race. Like, that's not easy to do. Show up and, and win, right? He did well at Southwick because he year, would win right? in '76, yeah. also. Yes, <laughs> at Southwick. So I'd never got a good start there. So Johnny and Rick were out front. I could see them and forget who else in their machine. And um, I hear the crowd going nuts, and it's not for Rick and Johnny out front. It's for Belt Hannah, who's behind me. Yeah. Oh shit! They're and here he comes. Damn it. And it was getting louder. And I'm no, like, no, that's no. not a good thing. He's right on me. Yeah, so I had to like reach down and like, okay, shoot, man. Like, uh, I understand if he beats me, he's Bob Hanna, but he probably shouldn't. 
So let me try a little bit harder. Let me try and I, harder. I eventually got away from him a little bit, but man, he had when he had his he believed and kind of expected to do well um, at Millville or Unadilla or Daytona, something like that. He would. Yeah. And when he did that, it was impressive to see. You know. Um, David, eighty-two was the year you filled in for Hanson at the motocross to nations, right? That was the Donnie's injury. Was eighty-two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so you were front and center on the Danny Chandler, all four motos wins, right? Yeah. I mean, when you watch yeah, that, that on video, it looks like he's going faster than the motorcycle really could handle. I mean, it looks like the chassis is just flexing left and right. And probably was. I mean, can you speak to that at all about, I know he crashed a lot and stuff like that, but he, those, that particular two weeks, he was, that was some speed. <laughs> Yeah, there was like that was my first year at Honda, and during the season, the nationals weren't always the same day. So the 125, the 250, and the 500, the way they staggered them throughout the season, I wasn't paired up and getting to you know race a national, and then you know when it's not my yeah. moto, I'll go watch a little bit of you know Magoo's yeah. moto. I didn't see him very much um, at Supercrosses, but then I think he had some injuries, so I, I didn't really see him a lot. Yeah, I already knew him before from Mako, and I was on a bull taco. We're like, look at our pitiful. Check out our motorcycles. <laughs> we, I knew him, right? But yeah. when we got to to Germany, I was just nervous to the shoes to fill, the bike to ride, the conglomeration of different kinds of gear to get on me to in time, and you know, I was pretty overwhelmed. But I uh, do. I don't remember um, Danny in practice that much, but I remember the first moto. I could see up ahead in a few different places on the track and he was all over Johnny. And I remember thinking to myself like, Hey, Johnny, like just get, just get out of the way. Yeah. He's going to kill everybody. No. You know, you won't, you won't do it cause he's trying to pass. He'll do it by accident. You know, yeah. just get out of the way. And, but he got around him. And when he won that first moto, it, it seemed to do something mm. for his, like a light bulb went off. And he was like, okay, well, then that's how that's going to be from now on. And, you oh, know, man. while we were over there and he was on that roll, everything he did worked out. Normally he would do stuff like that. It would look super scary and like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that. No. But he was actually pulling it off and kind of smooth for, for him. For him. And um, really impressive. The final moto of that was in Switzerland on the 500. And I caught up and got around Bromans at the very end. It got second. So when he wheeled across the line at the end, I was like 50 yards behind oh, him. Oh, that's cool, yeah. So we went one, two, and, and um, I felt super satisfied that I didn't let USA down, didn't let Honda down or Roger and my teammates. And uh, Donnie Hansen came out of his coma. And, yeah. you know, I just, everything sort of, uh, not it was unfortunate for Donnie, but like a lot of things started to line up at that point. Yeah, and um, it was a magical couple weeks. You know, it's a, a whole different thing than it is now to even go or not. Like back then, we just went, and it was two different weekends, so we we're there almost three weeks total, and testing in between and two right. different kinds of bikes in two different countries with Food, different money. Else. And so wild. Oh my god. So much more difficult, but I, 
we learned a lot, I think, as riders to go there and ride new tracks, ride against different people. And kind of like what Prado's doing, like coming over here and just doing a little bit. That's what we got to do to go over there and ride two different tracks and against all the Europeans that we only saw in Cycle News or whatever, you know. It's a yeah. neat opportunity. Oh. And it wasn't like a, the choice was mine or not. It was just set up for me to go, so I always went. And that's another part of my career that I'm really happy I got to do that. Heck you know, yeah, like, man. Did you ever think about, hey, man, this is going to impact my Supercross testing or – what I need to get done for next year to like no. the guys do now. And I, and, and I know it's different now. I get it. So I'm not being, I that didn't old. care about that one bit. Like I won, uh, That's awesome. in 83 and I took over the points lead because Barnett threw a chain and a deep rut in his semi or something. And he'd already won the heat. And I, I think I won my heat too. We were kind of like, he was ahead of me in the points and I, I was a little ways back because I broke my foot in Dallas at the cotton bowl. So I, he was ahead of me in like a race and I was gaining a little bit, but when he broke down, um, I passed him into points and then I won the main. And so we got to go like three weeks or something, maybe it's a pretty long time before the final round at the Rose bowl. And what do I do? I go to the UNDIL GP for nothing, <laughs> two 40 minute motos. <laughs> A bunch of riding on Saturday and Sunday. My hands were just hamburger. Mm. And I didn't need to do that. No one did. You know, like Lachine, I think, won it one year. Johnny won it one year. Um, same with the Carlsbad GP, the 500 on Wide World of Sports. That, like, why would we just peel off from the Nationals and Supercops to go do some one-off race? I mean, it's got nothing to do with us. We're not Crazy. getting points that matter. Yeah. But it it was such a big deal and there was so much tradition and history and all that momentum behind it. It was like, you know, you had to go. Well, you it, want to face those Europeans, right? I'm not sure if it's in our contract or not to go do races like that. <laughs> I just felt like if I wasn't racing, unless I wanted a week off, um, then I was losing my edge, Yeah, you know? And I, I was going to go to the next race, having taken a few weeks off or rounds, and feel like, where do I fit? If, if I lost a step, am I okay? Is my routine at home okay? Because we're all by ourselves. There's no YouTube to check out what that yeah, guy's doing and right. how he looks. You know, there there's none of that. So that was uh, that was that's what I like about it. It was a little bit more mysterious. You come into the first race at Anaheim, you don't know who's gonna be like. It, you didn't even I, know who was I gonna, hope I did enough. You didn't know who was going to be, period. Like, who's going to show up? Who's going to show up? Who's going to be fast? Like, it, it's amazing that the, the yeah, the, it was as equal as it was, and more people won, you know, that you had so many people that were capable of winning a race. Yeah. Right. When you were announcing, MC won a shit ton of races. Back when I go back, yeah. like, people kind of discount, oh, well, David only won this many races. I'm like, well, damn, he had to beat. Yes. Damn, everybody yeah, like, like nine 13 guys that people all won win, titles. Right? So yeah, like, there were people like it was always somebody different winning the race. So for, and yeah. there's like you went you won four races one year and you're we like you won a like, title. I think 80, 80, early eighties. I think we usually had like seven or eight or nine winners. Nine, I think the year I won there was maybe seven or eight winners. Wow. The year that now there's four. The year after <laughs> maybe. maybe. Yeah, there's usually maybe there's almost ten winners. And, <sighs> So I mean, I'd be laughing 
machine or Brock or something. They, somebody wore you have a problem and you're lapping a guy like that. Dang. What? That's hey, what about time qualifying? How would you have handled time qualifying? Would that, would that have gotten in your head? Because there's certain guys that don't qualify well in time, but when it's race time, like Chad Reed could handle it. Yeah, I think, um, man, I get a little bit worked up watching it on the computer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I was some guy I kind of root for or something, you know, I'm like, come on. And you know, get you can get nervous and worked up and disappointed, you know. Um, and I've wondered, like, how would I do? And, and so all I have to go on is when we would go to USGP at Carlsbad and the USGP at Unadilla. And both because they were GPs and FIM deals, they had the timed practice where that would um, be your pick to the gate for both motos. Wow. So if you went out Man, the first moto bad. and you know Damn. did a cartwheel and didn't finish, you still line up first for the second. So the qualifying was like, hey, it's important, and I want this. Yeah. And it was also kind of like, uh, hey, I want to see where I stack up too, and I better be the fastest or one of them there, you're close. And I, I want to know if I'm in the hunt. And at those races, I was able to throw down the quickest laps. Right. So when we had to do so it, I was able lucky. to. So I, I don't know that I would put a super – I don't know that it would bother me that much. As long as I was in the hunt, I would be fine with it because then there's all these games about who picks first, who picks second and third. Yeah. Um. Like who thinks they've got you covered, but they don't because you didn't show them everything. You know, I think there would be a little bit more gamesmanship in my thinking with a system like that. I think you. I, I would want anyone to be able to figure me out. Put it that way. Yeah, I think the guy no like, algorithm on Bailey's lap times. You know, they'd be like, "He's looked like ass all day. How do you win this thing?" Like, and that no was way. Chad Reed in a nutshell, right there. He never qualified real well, but he when it was race time, he could win. Yeah, but I think a guy yeah, was so Johnson smooth. You know, like somebody that's as smooth, like the, the smooth riders probably maybe would be better in the time qualifying than, you know, as opposed to Ricky or, or Hannah or, somebody, you know what I mean, that are yeah. going out there just blowing just through rattle. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like they've got to have something to chase or something to. Yeah. All right. Let's, yeah, let's, I mean, let's... you hear Carmichael correctly pointing it out that it's not in so much the guy that's got the fastest lap it's what's his second fastest lap? he says that a lot you're right you're what, what's his third fastest lap yeah He's and that's really 20. what matters you can go out and lay one down and but if you come in and eat an iv and you know you cross <laughs> your fingers you can do that again yes no not to mention you know like 14 laps or whatever they are you know hey so so you gotta do that a lot you're not announcing supercross anymore so you can tell me who was your Vince Freeze back in the day? Who was this? Good Lord, this man is a maniac. Like, <laughs> who was that guy back then? Was there that guy? Like, who was that it? It always took you out or always or took just somebody. somebody. Always embroiled in was the drama. Was there somebody like that? Like, it was a 10th place guy that would get a heat, uh, like a heat race hole shot and just like, you know, hold Screw everybody the world up. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. You're going to love this answer. No. You know why? <laughs> God. Because that wouldn't have... Freaking past, no one would have allowed to handle their business like that to do that. Love and it. as soon as somebody did that, like Rick Ryan tried to do to me or whatever, and did, I don't know if he knew what he was even doing, which is part of what pissed me off. But it ruined my what I thought was a for sure win at in Tokyo, and um, 
after the finish line, I ghost rode my bike into him. And yes. So you ordered like a code red on this guy. Like you just handle business. I absolutely. <laughs> I went way too far. He okay? goes through his bike into this guy. I'm like, if I wait till I get back to the pits or the mechanics area, the starting line or somewhere on our way back to the pits or the hotel to say something, do something, point a finger, yell, whatever. Yep. If I wait till then, it's not going to happen. Nope. Because I'm going to have so you much interference. Down. Hey, hey, calm Stop. down. No, F you, what? calm down. Did you see what he did to me? <laughs> so I, uh, I was like, I'm going to do that before anyone gets to me. And so I got away with a lot before people got to me. And it, one of the people watching that was Hannah. He had just finished and he was sitting. Yes. He stopped on He's top like, of the finish line, John. Come on, looking baby. at it. Like, what happened to Bailey? Because that is not like him. He is However, so smooth. The, yeah. If you mess with me on the track in a way that's like, hey, that's, you wouldn't want that done to you. Yeah. I definitely don't want that done to me ever again. Um, and no one's going to do anything about that. Huh. Well, I'll just take that into my own hands in the next turn or the next practice session or the next moto. I will make sure that that guy gets the message. Don't do that again. Yeah. Uh, or else it's going to get, it's going to elevate bad and i'm going to win that you started it i'm going to finish it and so that was my attitude hannah came along and reinforced it right on. but i i would not allow vince freeze to do what the, he's doing like Love if it. i'm behind him and he, i just almost kind of got him but not, not quite no you know what i'm doing i am sending Saw him it. so far over the bull yeah. i don't even care what happens to him like you should not have been doing that. I mean, you got to suffer the consequences of the position you put yourself in and me Love and I'm tired of it. So, so it's over. How do you announce that? All right. I want to put you in the, you're in the booth now with Art. Davey, uh, I remember, David, what are you talking about? How does that work? <laughs> Art's going to have to calm you down. <clears throat> well, Art, I can tell you this in our day, Bob Hanna for sure would have just ruined him and he wouldn't have been able to ride the next race. And he wouldn't have messed with Bob again. And I'm not sure if I would have handled it the same way, but if I was the riders these days, I would take that into my own hands and not let some goofy officiating that yeah. not everybody always agreed with after the fact. Let the riders police that themselves. And then problem solved. Yeah, frontier go. justice. So let the pitchers brush those guys back. I, I heard a comedian, this guy, Brian Reagan. He goes, you know, oh, I, I, love I Brian think Reagan, everybody though. should... They're like, he, I forget how he came, got onto this, but he goes, I think everybody should have one free kill. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, no, no, wait, wait, hear me out, hear me out. I guess. So look, I just think that if everyone else knew that I had one free kill. Yeah, we want Jack with Bailey. He's got a free kill. We'd all be a lot nicer to each other. Yes, you know? that's it right. It's funny. God, that is so great. So it's, it's similar. You police that yourself. You don't wait for NASCAR, or AMA, or whoever to come along and tell you what they think. The riders know the most, and I'm surprised. Vince, I've never even met him. He's probably a super nice guy. Um, People say he's nice. You know? He is, but he's oblivious he to what he's doing. He always acts like he has no well, idea. What are you talking, are you talking about? about? He's wiped everybody out. It's yes. not just one guy. Oh, it's like take him long. It wouldn't take him very long to figure out that I, if I get around and try to do that to Bailey again, you're gonna pay. <laughs> gotta pay just, the piper. Let me not do. It. 
Yeah, like if he ends up in a bull turn kind of high, he better just know that it's he's going over it. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to knock him down on purpose, but I will pass him in such a I would in such a way that it's it's the, I'm making my point. And yeah. don't do that again or I'll I'll do it better than that. Yeah. I, it's just how it would work. Ask Rick that. Ask Jeff Hannah was that, notorious for saying yeah, he'd break your guys. leg. I, I'll break your leg. And I Can think he could actually break your leg. He'll, he will. I wouldn't say that or do that, right? I, yeah. I think I said it once when I was mad about Wyndham or something. And I regret having said it. But, I, you know, I wouldn't try to do that. But I would definitely set it straight and go, look, it's not going to happen again. Okay? You did it to me. That was super uncomfortable. Yep. I did it back to you, and I don't care who's in trouble now. I don't care. I'll pay whatever fine that is. Yeah. But as, as long as that gets settled. <clears throat> and these guys just wait for some him to change or that somebody to officiate it. Weston Pike way. fought him on a racetrack. Yeah, it's not going to change. And I think you're completely right that that if if you they self-police that, it would work itself out. You know? Yeah, and and totally. probably be pretty entertaining to watch. <laughs> You know, I was working for the AMA, I'm sure there's, you know, I'm not going to get letters, but <laughs> maybe they're not allowed to say that. But I would just be like, hey, uh, you know, I read the Internet, too. Um, before all you guys head out there and we do our thing tonight, I just want to let you know that uh, we're not going to do anything about these situations. <laughs> right. See so you better. Why don't you guys just take that matters into your own hands and um, you know treat others like you'd want I'd to be like treated. I'd like to see that on an AMA it. letterhead. That'd be a nice gentleman. Little <laughs> gentleman, please handle your business and Order make it stop. <laughs> but there's a there's a point though. You where, want him on that hill. Yeah, you need him. You on want that him hill. on that hill. But think about it. There was a point. I mean, that's why people used to love about NASCAR when NASCAR grew into such a yeah, huge they had a fist sport. Fight on the side, they have a fight every now and then. That was <laughs> what. what I mean. My favorite time in baseball was McGuire like and yeah, it, whooping I mean, the shit out of Yeah, they brushed people back, they took steroids, and they beat the shit out of people. <laughs> I think. Yeah, it's like that. They'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean when that is entertaining. Out, figure it out. You don't have to worry about if you made the right decision or not. You can sit back in knowing you did make the right decision by allowing that to take care of itself. And yeah. it will. Yeah, for yeah. sure. If the riders are thinking you're going to come along and penalize because I did something that you didn't think I should have done, well, then they're not going to do anything. But if you just stay out of it and let me do what I think needs to get done, what gets what gets done is what should. That's and right. All that there is no more Vince. And that's you know, self policing. Hey, I listened is... to a hilarious thing you did. I don't know how I found that. Um, what was it? You did where you're interviewing him and oh, his voice is all in. Yes, Jason Wygant <laughs> with the FBI informant. Dude, tell, we tell we, me more about that. We, I don't remember. I don't. I don't know if you were here for that show, but we had. Oh, we did that. We had Wygant on, and we had the voice changer. Yeah, the voice of all. Oh, yeah. the Racer X. Yes. yes. Yeah, so I remember yeah. this. So it was the Racer X. It's a, it's a nice racing safe, incident. It's a kind safe. Of. It's a, it's a safe place for riders to come and talk. <laughs> where nobody will know who they are, and dude, I couldn't keep it together. Weege about fell off the phone. That was one of my favorite moments. Because he was, he was, uh, yes. he was hit. He was anonymous, right? Yes. So the voice disguiser. It was a pure racing incident, or whatever. <laughs> and Nick was Nick yeah. was Racer X or whoever this yes. guy was. So and it was obviously free. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have enemies out there. I because you heck no, it's dangerous enough. Next to each other at the riders meeting, you're going to walk the track together. You're going to sit on an airplane together when you least expect it. Yeah. 
you know, you, you're lapping people, they're lapping you, whatever. And, and you just don't need enemies. And um, so, you know, if it came to that, and I had to take drastic measures that everyone's like, oh, you see what Bailey did? I, hey, if it's ending this other thing, yeah, and it's, it creates some other issues. Okay, I'll deal with those. You issues. can thank me but later, boys. It. Yes, exactly. I took care of this. Worth it to end that other thing. Damn. And Rick Johnson, his credit, a couple times, he just came to me. Like, when we were not digging each other a couple times, he he called truce and walked over to me. Are you done? His hand, <laughs> and like, let's <clears throat> let's do let's not do that. Yeah. And let's rape hard, but let's not do that. I'm like, all right. So I never worry about it again. Well, that's a comforting feeling that you can give it absolute fits on the track and hey, know that and that's that guy's good, not going to saw you off. That's right? a, a good segue. I wanted to give you your last opportunity to talk about your teammates and Rick Johnson. Like, he's one of our favorites. He's obviously, like, was one of your arch rivals. He came to yeah. your team when you were, like, the, the patriarch and, like, he's the new guy. They were like, also just, all opposites. Yeah, you're so opposites. Like, so just – Tell me about Rick. Tell me about racing with him and being on the team and his two hip. Like he has a lot of style points too. Yep, he did. And um, I same thing like Lachine. I saw him <clears throat> uh, in Cycle News or something. Young braces, jersey off, tan, Southern California, blonde hair, JT. Just everything is trick. You know, you're like man. Yeah. It's like Marty Smith kind of a guy. You know, like everyone For wants sure. to sort of be in his shoes and then i got to race him and um we were both about the same as far as our ability i guess but he had already been there and done that and i was aware of that and so i just sort of placed myself in my head i was like hey he's been there done that and better than me and i don't i shouldn't expect to beat him i want to but i don't expect to and then a couple years went by and and things really, I got a lot of traction and started winning. And when he came to Honda, I felt like, okay, now I'm the guy. I've been here at Honda longer. I've won championships already, more races and donations and stuff. And so, and I'm a little bit older and I got here first. And so this is mine kind of, you know, I had that sort yeah. of attitude and I didn't have that with Johnny because Johnny was ahead of me and, won the USGP at Mid-Ohio and the Donations and it won a lot of stuff and races and led races. Same with Hannah, same with the, all the guys I mentioned that were on the team when I first got there. But when Rick came up, he was behind me, age, accomplishments, you know, all that stuff. So when he was relentless and beating me, I was bummed out because I thought, man, you know, I don't want to give him that much momentum and I don't want to lose my position. Like, damn it, I should be winning. And I used it maybe as leverage, but um, I was threatened um, a little bit by what Rick was able to do because he would fight you for it and look you in the eyes and fight you for it. And it was a tough fight. Yeah. If I got beat by Johnny or Hannah or even Lachine, I, I don't know why, but it, it was like, oh, okay, you know. It, was his oh, day. it didn't sting as bad or something. But if Rick beat me, I was like, shit, you know? <laughs> Dang, dude. That's that's wild. I should have beat him. I screwed up the first lap, and he had a big lead, and if I'd have been there, he wouldn't have. You know, all that. It was like watching Sexton and Lawrence this summer. Yeah. 
I, I felt like Sexton, you know, and, and Lawrence was Rick getting all the star. Everything he didn't even get dirty, you know, everything was easy. And but he also did the right things at the right times. So when I watched that that dynamic between Jet and Sexton, I, I saw myself and Rick a little bit in that. And Rick being Sexton or uh, Lawrence, Here's and it's, he's winning like already, you know, and I, <clears throat> I, I kind of uh, could relate to what happened with Sexton at the end of Supercross. That happened to me too. And then I could relate to this kind of the new phenom coming up and he's getting all the attention and um, winning all the time. Whether he should or not, it doesn't matter. He is, and you're not. And so I, I had that kind of a relationship with him, which is the thing that people talk about the most. But what they don't know is is the kind of heart that Rick has and that when you just get to go and be, a, you know, in a rent a car with him or by yourself for a little while, man, it's like he's a, a totally different person. He's yeah. pretty giving, um, really wants to help always. He loves to teach. Um, still does so there's like there's kind of two sides you know with rick there's a i've gotten to see that side yeah and i appreciate that he shared that with me and and then i've seen the gnarly side which is what's publicized and talked about a lot Fierce, yeah i have a tremendous amount of respect for how good he was and how determined he was to do what he expected to do like some people expect to do something and they get out there and part way through it, they're like, oh, that's going to be too hard. Forget it. Well, second's not bad. And they can just Instagram that. It's fine. But it's not <laughs> fine. And Rick, like, we would hold his own feet to the fire. Like, this is not fine unless I'm winning. And when you're competing against somebody like that, everything is real. It's tough. There's no people getting waved by and all that. It's like we're battling. And if I don't win, I'm pissed. Yeah. You know? I mean, it was. And, it um, you guys had a really intimate setting too to be a teammate with somebody that you're that close with. Because back then you're in the box vans. You guys are parked right next to one you another. You can't hide from. You're, them. It's not like you had somewhere to to get away. You had to, you know. Yeah. Like, hey Rick, we're having the team meeting. Yeah, whatever. like you said, you walk out to put your socks on, Damn. and they're sitting there. Damn it, Rick. Yeah. Paint <laughs> this guy. And I, they're putting on the shock I have, or, you know, I, I I'm getting the pipe oh. he had. Like you know, there was Whoa, a lot of. Oh, that's cool wasn't like something could be happening and I would be surprised by it later. I, I could see what was going on. It's all, yeah. um, we were, we operated obviously separately and wanted to win as an individual, but as a team in those days, things were shared pretty good. And we knew that, um, together we were going to be faster. So hmm. let's try to test as much as we can and ride a lot together. And, <clears throat> so what who wins this day you know and runs up this hill the fastest or jumps that the coolest what matters is you know three days from now at red bud at the national you know and we we got those results and at the end of the year when johnny's knee was finally better because he was pretty banged up for most 86 yeah um he was finally healthy and then Honda didn't give him a very big offer, so he had left and was motivated. Yeah, so, hey, be before we go any further, I want you to tell me what, like, or explain to everyone else what you told me on the phone the other day. You were saying when you got hurt, like, Johnny was coming off an injury. He'd lost his ride. He went to Suzuki. You get hurt. 
and a few years later, RJ has his wrist thing. Like it all kind of like, yeah, who you can explain it better than I can. That happened at uh, the end of 86. So Johnny was probably going into Anaheim. Johnny and Ward were flying. Rick was sick. We couldn't get a lot of testing. He was new to Honda. Pretty overwhelmed, maybe in some ways. And um, I was just kind of moseying along, but not as fast as Ward and Johnny. And then right before the first race at Anaheim, Johnny, at a Golden State race, tweaked his knee really bad. He wasn't even sure if he was going to race Anaheim. Then he got third. So... That's how tough Johnny that's, is. Yeah, so that's pretty wild. At the end of the year, he was finally healthy. And I think we got first, second, third in the Supercross and 250 outdoor. I think Johnny faded back a little bit, but he, or 500s, but he, we went to Majora um, super strong. And <clears throat> Rick was as good as he was, you know, maybe he got a little bit better than that after that, but he was basically at the top. I was at the top. Johnny was firing on all cylinders, even though it was only 125. <laughs> and we just pretty much could do whatever we needed to do. Like, whatever the competition would have been, we probably could have handled it. Mm-hmm. And I think we awesome. felt that way, and we rode like it, and it looked like it. And everything just happened in a beautiful place. It was all great. But right after that, I got hurt. And Johnny was on a Suzuki, which maybe wasn't – it's kind of like when – Carmichael went to Suzuki. He went from Honda, which was fine, into Suzuki, which was like, why is he doing that? Not fine. Well, Johnny did kind of a similar thing when it comes to, you know, equipment. So he didn't really regain the Johnny O, you know, that he had up to that point. And then right after that, Rick messed up his wrist. So it kind of ended, like, what if Johnny would have just stayed at Honda if they could have oh, retained him? You no know, telling. we, we might have uh, we might have had three, five more years of three of us occupying the top spots, you know, most of the time. So that, that was an interesting way to look at that. But I, you I said, you Johnny. said Johnny said that you getting hurt affected him because it kind of, it, it started a domino effect of he goes to Suzuki, his finishes aren't as good. Ricky gets hurt later on and all of your careers kind of, yeah. they're not related, but they kind of are. It all kind of happened in a very similar amount of time. Three years or so, right? Well, I think what, uh, Johnny was, um, we looked out for each other and when Johnny could see, cause we're a lot of times in different classes, you know, he's riding a 125 and I'm battling with somebody he didn't have to battle with. So he's you know, like, come on, man. And he's my cheerleader to battle that person or whatever. And so he was, he would look out for me and, and he could see that I just wanted to, I wanted more and he was going to Suzuki and didn't have high expectations, but he knew I did. He knew I had the equipment. He was kind of rooting for me. When he saw me riding like kind of over my head a lot, he was, he wasn't really in a position to go like, Hey, you know, don't do that. Um, he felt like maybe as a teammate and a friend, he wasn't there enough to go like, David, you know, what are you trying to prove today? Like, you know, there's enough's enough. And so I went to that race at, at uh, the Golden State and was trying to jump something stupid. At a, at why? Why? You know, and of course, in Johnny's mind, why? So it really affected him because he's like, well, I don't want to think about getting hurt. Plus, man, you know, if we were still teammates, I, I'd, maybe yeah. that wouldn't have happened. And, I, you know, it's not – I don't think he's putting that on himself, and I certainly don't mean to imply that at all. But, um, you know, I think he – 
felt had some feelings about that and what could have been i guess is all it is really but yeah that messed things up a tad but we did get to have that really good uh run in 86 and then cap it off with that donations at majora johnny was on i was on rick was on yeah the fans weren't just rooting for Europe and not so much for us. They were like, look, this is something special. Let's just cheer for it because it's pretty rad. And, you know, to be in that position, few laps to go and then be like, hey, you know what? Why don't Rick and I just go Let's across just the wait line wait on together. each other and cross at the same yeah. time. Because we had said something, I think. And, um, I had a pretty good lead. And I didn't, it was like one of those times where you're just riding good and you don't want the race to be over. Yeah. Even though I slowed down in my intensity, my lines and everything just kind of connected. And it was a good track for my 500, some fast uphills. And so when I was waiting for Rick a little bit, he wasn't wasn't catching me very much. So I pretty much like stop and um, to go across the line together though. Um the picture somewhere black and white the guy with the checkered flag is a cigarette and we it's from behind us we have our arms up and the fans in the background it was i just remember that you know like it's yesterday kind of that moment just kind of coasting across the line right there hmm. like people kind of closing in on the track like this is this is what it was like for the guys that won the world championships over there you just see them they're just like pick the guy up in the crowd you know it, yeah. was, it was one of those moments that um if that's kind of one of the last ones of my career that's a good one hmm. well that's a special one yeah. it uh, is yeah. still talked about it's today. pretty crazy like i'm just sitting there as we're you're talking about it i'm just like dreaming of framing that picture <laughs> well, you, and can put picture, it you can you know the picture yeah, we oh all yeah know i know the, the picture. picture for sure yeah, yeah. I, but I don't have a framed print of it anywhere, and I'm thinking and you need it. I gotta have that. Yeah. <laughs> I need that really, really bad. Yeah, because you just got a boxing glove signed yeah. by Mike Tyson. So yeah, I got a boxing you know, glove, Mike Tyson. Same thing. Kind of yeah, I. It was like uh, Johnny's leaving, and Rick. It's gonna be me and Rick, and we're finishing this final moto. And why don't we just, why don't we just finish it together? This is a team thing. Yeah. And what cool, what cooler way to do it than this? And um, I think it was his idea between motos and I. I was like, yeah, let's do that. I mean, shit, dude, the confidence you guys had to go, hey, man. To plan your celebration. When we go one, two, come on. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's awesome. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, it was. uh... Go ahead. No, I I was going to say, this is changing back. We're going backwards a little bit on this. But so when you got to Honda and you had that huge team with all those guys and all those awesome riders. I wonder in what makes me think a little bit like Star Yamaha now has like 72 riders on their team. They have 11. Yeah, 11, 72. that's a lot. That's a bunch. 222, 21, whatever it takes. (laughs) And those guys, I wonder if like that had something to do because, you know, Honda's got so good. And I know they're engineers, but that was really worked out to be a great idea to have all you guys that were just sharpening each other. Awesome. Sharpening each other, testing the bikes, telling what's what, what. And then when everything like they're like, okay, we're gonna have it figured out, and then, you know, then they trimmed it up to you guys, and it and Honda was just awesome. You guys were awesome, the and it just like they ran with it. I I wonder if that's kind of the same thinking that Star Yamaha has or something. Maybe I don't know. I think that uh, the vision is really what it was for 
DeCoster and Dave Arnold to help steer Honda from like 1980, 81, or whenever that kind of right in there. Because Roger won his last GP, I think, in 80. And then Dave Arnold was his mechanic. Then he retired and they started developing the bike. So the 81 donations, all Honda was partly like, hey, screw it. Let's just go ride everywhere and just keep on going places with these kids and testing these bikes and putting them against everybody. The bet. Let's spend the money and the effort to, to get a reward. And they got it. And I came in right behind that when everything was just already running perfect. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was a, it was a cool thing to be a part of. And <clears throat> I think along the way somewhere, my friend might've mentioned this to me too. It makes me think of it. It was Mitch Payton. They didn't necessarily always test bikes, but probably they were just out testing just for the sake of like, let's make sure that all these riders are out here today riding. Yeah. And when they're out there riding together, they're going to see each other riding and they're going to have their own thoughts about how he looks versus how they're going, what his lap time is. And then next thing you know, by the end of the day, they didn't test it squat, but everybody's a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. So the testing became like just the word. <laughs> Maybe they weren't testing, but when you get a lot of guys together on the same track, um, somebody's going to be feeling good. Yeah, something's going to improve. They're going to be faster and the motivation. Right. It had to be motivation for you just coming in, seeing all those hot shot guys and being like, oh, here we are. I'm, yeah, in, I'm, I'm here. And, you know, and you see when you can watch everybody ride that's good. I mean, they're all good. And you had to get a little motivation just from and just a I little bit of elevation. Crazy. I mean, you guys know what it's like to go to a race or race, right? Okay, mm -hmm. so when you you get nervous, you're pulling in, you know, you're pulling in where we're going to park and see the track. The first bike starts. The first practice is open. You know, you have your butterflies and the whole deal. I would get that at a test because I look over there and there's Hannah and, oh, what's he wearing? That's something new. And then – um, there's Johnny. He's already out there. He got here earlier and he looks fast and you, you, you start having these, uh, self-conscious things, you know, creeping in like, man, am I that good? Cause he looks great. And you go out there with that self-conscious, uh, thing, I guess that you just sort of bring with you until yeah. you see proof that, okay, I'm, I'm there. I'm that fast. But then somewhere throughout that day, you see the lines change and somebody does something different. Somebody starts jumping something and then everyone else wants to go do that. And then that berm gets blown out and somebody's got a new idea and then everyone's taking that. And you just feed off each other a little bit like we did at the donations. We'd go over there before people that didn't race against or with each other, but against all year. <laughs> And now you're teammates so and you're trying to pool your resources and yeah. share information to beat Europe and vice versa. And we got, we all learned, I learned from Brock and Ward and, and Rick and Jeff and, and Johnny, I learned stuff from them. And as a team, when you got a five or six guys out there, um, I think unless you got just some person on there that just doesn't care, everybody's going to get faster. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good environment to be in, but I think there's important it's to have a balance to where you plug into that stuff once in a while and then you get out of it and you go somewhere private and yeah. just believe in yourself. Um, and maybe that 
I think that question was posed to like Levi Kitchen or I didn't read it, but like, Hey, did, you know, did that you leave because you want to do your own thing? Yeah. I think it's healthy for a while. Like I couldn't stay with Johnny all the time. He did so much running and cycling and, and riding. The volume was so gnarly that I was like, I can't maintain this for more wow. than a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I'd go to Virginia and take a breather, you know? Um, but I'd come back out to California and he's still just everybody battery. And he kind of still, still does to this day, right? Energizer, whatever that's called. Yeah. I think I mean, he just would go. It, it was, uh, it was cool to have a big team. Um, cause there was more information being shared. The track got more worked in throughout the day. Yeah. You know, if you're just riding by yourself, you don't really get much of a line going, mm -mm. but if you got four or five guys out there, that line goes, gets great, ends, a new one starts, and it's more fun. Yeah, more like a real race day. So, I like the idea of, like, yeah. think about, <laughs> this is my MX DN patriotism, like, fanboy kicking in, but the idea that we were talking about earlier how when, like, you went, got to Anaheim, you really didn't know, if it weren't, wasn't your teammate, you didn't know who was going to show up. Like, you didn't know if somebody was going to be two seconds a lap faster or slower. You didn't know who was that. But just think about all those poor Europeans when you guys showed up. Oh, and they were like, they knew they, they weren't winning. They watched practice and they were like, oh, oh well. shit. It was fun. Oh, well, shit. In the early days, it was, they're like they are now. They're a little more cocky and a little bit more like, hey, you know, you're on our turf. And you know, then you had practice and they're like, um, you guys, oops. You guys have got an interpreter. I mean, they would kind of look at us like, it felt like that anyway. Yeah, like um, you're losers or something. I was racing against Harry Everts the first time I went over there. Yeah, man. Okay? He's the bad so dude. I'm racing against, like, men that are... Yes. The they've been there and done that a bunch of times, so they weren't bothered by me one bit. They were, you know, fascinated by all of our flash and, you know, tapping the brake in the air and stuff like that, but they picked up on it real fast, and you learn real quick going to Europe, and probably like our guys this year, you, uh, you're in their territory. They're good at mm -hmm. that. They're just better at it than we are. And that's what I felt at first. When we went over the first time and I felt like, okay, these guys are in way over their head. They have no idea. I'm going to try not to laugh. <laughs> I see Joe Bay and these guys go off the The wild style, like when, amateur looking. When we looking. went to the Bercy Supercross, that first Paris see they had at 84 yeah. um we knew what to expect even though it was even smaller than that we still kind of knew what to expect that's the kind of riding that me and johnny did a lot of well um eric gabor's and um Vekanen and joe bay and um mallor all those guys were like we, we don't really want to do this. We're just getting paid to do it. Right. Figured we'd give it a try, but there was no contest. You know, oh, we would man. be like three seconds a lap faster. Y'all show up all your... Y'all <laughs> got your slick JT gear on. They're sporting the wolf sport and with a half helmet. on, like, what piece is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I wrestle bear, then no, I, I come to much. I think it's interesting that, that how the u.s and the europe you know watching it you know, we're stronger than they are than we are than they are and, um yeah 
I thought it was I was pretty impressed by some of the video footage I saw of Prado. Oh, he's I, bad to the bone. Listened, listened to some interviews and um I'm real ex- interested in in looking forward to watching him race. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. He seemed really smart and uh really talented. It may be faster than people think, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even so shared he goes uh he hasn't beat me yet. So like he's like I've beaten him like What talking every- about Jet? Prada, yeah, Jet. He Talking goes, about Jet, yeah. Right, so I, I I appreciate the bravado for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have that. You have, like Rick had it, I had it, Hannah had it. You know, like that, that thing I was talking about earlier when he, when Rick came to the team and when Bob came to the team, you know, there was just, there's a certain pecking order that you believe because, you know, Prado seems to, the little bit that I've listened to him, he's, he seems confident that, He's doing as much to prepare himself and his mind to be the best as anybody is. Which you've also heard Carmichael say that that's where you get your confidence from, yeah. you know. And if you if you sit on the line, you know for a fact you worked harder than anyone on you, smarter, harder, you know, intensity, yeah, whatever. Ate better, slept good. You were you the most prepared then you don't sit there hoping you're going to win. You sit there expecting to. Mm-hmm. And when you expect something, you do it different. Yeah. And so with, with uh, Prado, it, it seems like he has done a lot of homework and came off as these are facts. So um, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not like that guy doesn't have a supercross track, I'm sure, to ride. Oh, you know, been, back, like, in, America oh, yeah. back in the days. Yeah, for sure. So if and you can picture, like, you know, Johnny maybe and Jet and Hunter is the dad or something like sitting there watching that, like just look at each other and laugh like, oh come on man, yeah, oh you know and then it's but that's cool and yeah, then we is. get to see that, you know, it's gonna it's be awesome. Ruined. I'm real impressed with like the dynamic that I had with Johnny. Um, he, I think he did better than he would have without me and vice versa. I did better. He got me into training. I got into some different things. And so together we, we got faster. Yeah. And like I said, if, if I didn't win and he did, I was okay with that. We went one, two quite a bit. Should have more. But Johnny is now overseeing uh, that exact scenario. Yes. I'm sure it's come across his mind that, hey, you know, this is what David and I did. That he gets to now watch happen. Yeah, it's because those guys are on the cutting edge of wheeling over this and jumping that and where their foot is on the peg. You know, they're they're looking into how to be better every time they go out. And, you know, they is it going to be Hunter? Is it going to be Jet? I think they could go one, two. Uh, Yeah, it it appears they could. A lot. For sure. Because if you you know what that guy's going to do, you're not dealing with Vince Freeze or Rick Mellon. You know. (laughs) What is. to expect? So Perfect. I think they're going to be flawless around each other. Uh, yeah, you know? I think there's a lot of talk of that. That their Hunter is uh, is a little more secretive about how how he could pop. He could probably win a race too. Of course. Yeah, he's right there. I mean, he's seasoned. You know. So hey, David, talk about and before we we gotta we gotta shut this down at some point because we'll go all night. Obviously, I you could talk to David Bailey all forever. Night. You realize you're the most interesting man in the world. Yeah, right? we, we enjoy the shit out of this, but. <laughs> Tell me about whenever you won. I, I don't remember what, whatever race it was, and then you were running the next day, 
And yeah, they just sign up for a marathon the day after a national well, he, or something he, well, he's like running, that. running, and then Rick and Cliff or whoever, Brian Lunas, see oh, you yeah. running. Go ahead. That was after Anaheim. So, 86, um, Johnny and, like I said, and Wardy, they were really strong, but Ward's bike broke and let him down, and Johnny hurt his knee. So, it kind of came down to me and Rick. And although Wardy won the second round, points-wise, he's still way out of it. So, I think we went to a test or a Golden State or something at Carlsbad. And I thought I'd be real cute and just run back to the hotel knowing Rick would see that. Uh-huh. I wanted to do it anyway, but I thought, yeah. well, you know, while I'm running, RJ it's not going to hurt driving. if Rick sees that. Well, I shot myself in the foot because, um, first of all, it's further than I thought. And second, uh, Lunas drove that box van not to the hotel, straight to the beach, threw it in park, turned off the engine, and said, that back there? You got to figure out how to want it like that. Wow. You need to do the work. You need to. So far, he's beating you. Um, first race, testing, Golden State, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's beating you. Um, and your track record together coming to, to this point, he's got a little bit more on his resume than you do. So uh, I'm going to work 24 7. That's what it takes. But I need to know you're going to work that hard. Like whatever you're doing, plus some of that. Uh, is what I got out of it from Rick in years since. Something mm. along those lines. Lunas just went, all right, that does it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been around a while, and I've seen this Bailey guy riding around a bull taco, and I know what he's going to do. Yeah. And if you're not prepared, like you wouldn't believe, you're not going to beat that guy. Just not. So let's beat that guy. And sure enough, man, the next race, he beat me. The next race, he beat me. He took over the points lead. So a little it. trick kind of backfired and motivated so I, RJ. <laughs> yeah, I thought, hey, I'll just run back and look like you can't beat me. And uh, he's like, oh, really? So <laughs> that's one thing that I like about Rick. Um, yeah, that would work on 99% oh. of your competitors. Right. It's just it won't work on RJ. That's the only one it won't work on. Well, that's awesome. You know, I had yeah. the gamesmanship. That was That's super cool on both yeah, ends. Yeah, it's killer. There's, there's always that going on, but that one in particular, I, I really remember going Stands like, out. Gonna, I'm going to just be the, be the dude, and <laughs> I ended up losing the title. <laughs> yeah, well. Probably because of that. We're going to have Rick on, and like I was going to get him on this week. I, I asked you, I asked a few different guys, you responded first, so I'm like, all right, we're good. And then Rick goes, I'm on a boat. And I'm like. And he uh, said, what time is it where you are? He goes, where, what time is it where you're at? I'm like. I gave him the time, and I never heard from him. I'm like, well, damn, did Rick die? There's no way. He's swimming. He <laughs> might be 90 miles sank, out. but he swam but he 90 swam miles back. back. Hey, what time's the show? So, so long story <laughs> short. on the go. Yeah, he is. So he's yeah. going to be on, but I think we need to get you to call him. I'm like, hey, Rick, we got one of your biggest fans, and uh, he just has one question. So think about whatever one question you might want to ask <laughs> Rick Johnson. And, and I just want, surprise and attack I want, him. I want to merge the calls in, and you just you have a week or so to think about it, and we'll – We'll have Rick on and just have you ambush him. <laughs> yeah, one of those embarrassing stories. You could you could ask him a question about something embarrassing. Sure. That'd be nice. Whatever. You got time to think about it. Oh, your... no. That's <laughs> what I mean. I'm not good at that stuff. Well, well we're giving you a week, David. You have a week, so or whatever. <laughs> He'll just be like, This guy, come on, man. Yeah, you could you could sort of memorize his speech from, yeah, the, from the Rodeal Cup the Rodeal or whatever. Cup. He was so pissed about <laughs> Jeff Ward pulling over. Kevin likes to I'm imitate sorry, that. But... <laughs> 
These guys want to race. And then this guy. <laughs> he was so mad. You guys should get your money back for this. I imitated him at Loretta's. He flipped me off. Like he was in the booth hanging out with us. And, and I'm like, I just went into full Rick Just Johnson. do the speech. <laughs> yes. Yeah. David's so voice had changed. So he doesn't have any embarrassing, crazy no. stories like no. that. Well, you got to yeah, weep. But mine was real high too. And when you get excited. Gets higher. higher. <laughs> and it, it's cold. You know, you're standing down there at 10 30 at night or whatever. Yeah. It's cold. And um, I have a little bit of a lisp. And it's worse when it's like that. One time I was watching it super cross. My daughter and her girlfriend, they're looking at me like, Dad, you have a lisp. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was too, it was pronounced on the old broadcast or something. I'm like, it was cold. And she's like, no, you have a lisp. My lips were frozen that shut. It's all I could do to talk. In your defense, when it you get really cold like that, your lips yeah, do no, get. I, I yes. <clears throat> yeah. No but doubt. in front of your kids, you're the biggest dork ever. Yeah, no, yeah, that, no matter how cool you were, how stylish, how awesome. Like even MC, I interviewed him at Mammoth. He goes, I just want to bring my daughter up, show her I'm still kind of cool. She's like, No, she's still nah, not dad, cool. I'm all these so- dudes hanging off your sh- like, <laughs> you're still the dorky dad. So you've earned it. Yep. That's funny. Yeah. So, David, you there was a uh, whole group of mini bike riders in Ackworth, Georgia, that if you rode a Honda, you had to be a Bailey fan. You could maybe be an RJ fan. One of the two. But there was also some Cowies, and they had to be Jeff Ward fans. And I, I just want you to know, there was a whole legion of kids who just rode. Dorks. Total dorks, but yes. they would go off jumps and they'd say something like Bailey in the air and they'd they'd <laughs> like do a Kobe. cross up. Yeah, like Kobe, like you're Kobe. you're taking a basketball yeah, shot yeah, and you yeah. say Kobe or LeBron or whatever. But these kids yeah. would say these Bailey. Whole, these forty nine year old or, kids. Yeah, they might be forty nine and <laughs> talking to you right now, but they would say Bailey when they'd go off of jumps and stuff. <laughs> so so just know, man, you are you're a um a world class talent at everything you've ever set your mind to. And it's it we feel it when we talk to you, man. You're the most interesting person in motocross. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, thanks. And I really appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to just come on and relive some of it, chat about it. You know, it's, it was a really fun time of my life. And it doesn't really go away. You know, it's it kept alive. And it's fun to reflect on and yeah. be reminded. You know, I've had some rough times here recently and did – kind of think about some of this you know the couple last couple of days and uh then to actually talk to you about it it's it's fun it picks me up and i appreciate it yeah you know, man. everyone it was like fed somehow by what i was doing and they feed me back you know about all the nice things all the good stuff yeah over the years. sports embraced me in ways that i really appreciate you know before and after i was hurt and i'm grateful yeah I want to sing you a song acoustic. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm not going to. We were singing it earlier, but I won't do it. The Mark Edwards song, I will sing that. I I, I can jam that. My wife, David, my wife wants to kill me. Because if I get that song stuck in my head, dude, it goes on for days. Days. I'll just keep singing it. When she watched John Ryan. Yes. There should be like a, uh, Mark should do like a a new one. A sequel. Well, what do you call a second album? Yeah, like, a, yeah, let's, like you know, let's update it a little put bit. Put that to, you know, Jet Lawrence. Oh, something a little harder hitting. You're saying we yeah, don't keep it in the step it up. Let's change okay. it from '87 remix. Yes, a remix. remix. That's what it is. All right, all right, Mark. <laughs> I know Mark's probably going to listen to this, so yep, you got your shot. I know he's great. a Bailey fan. 
It was great. And I like to think, I remember, like, when we, so not to keep going a lot longer, but when we, we met and raced each other in New York in like 74. And then around 1980, I think, I was at Florida Series and, and um, we're camped at the track, but we needed some groceries and Mark had a car. So he's like, well, you can, I'll just take you. And I didn't really know him, but we're, we, I knew him a little bit. Well, he, the song comes on the radio and he just starts singing it. Perfect. <laughs> Oh. Um, you know, you don't just hear that always. And so yeah, most car like, karaoke is not, terrible. you don't want to hear it again. You in a band or something like the deal. He goes, actually, yeah. And, oh, wow. and he was just hilarious from that point on. We've, we've been good friends and to hear him, you know, put his thoughts down, and write a song and sing it for sure. He did a lot of neat stuff like that over the years for me. One of the, like they said, the sport marks, he loves the sport and, um, as one of my fans and I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. All right. We're going to get together. We're going to do a trio. It's going to be me, John, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I feel like we're ready. Don't you? Yeah, oh, yes. We know Mark's ready. 50 right? years in the making. <laughs> yeah. Mark was a part of our show. Like he handled our streaming. Yeah, for DMXS. yeah, dude, he was, he was the guy TBT man, the broadcast team. That was an awesome show down there on Main Street. We had Reed call in and stuff. That's right. Yeah. Um, I was there. And then I called him to win the race at Daytona, and he Daytona. did. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep. And that's, that's like so a big, nice. like going against Ricky at Daytona, you got to be stupid. But I was like, I don't know. I'm seeing something in Reed. I think he's going to, you know. Yeah. Those yeah. were those were fun. You know, it was fun when I was racing, but it was also – I was fortunate to be able to be doing TV. Heck yeah, man. I was there. That, that. I was there that night with you and Kevin on Main Street. Yeah. And Neiser, yeah. Yeah. We left right after that and drove, and all and drove home. home. That was the longest drive of my life. <laughs> <It was laughs> drove so down awful. there, did the show, came right back. Home. Yeah, that's cool. Because you cool. had to be at a race or something uh, on Sunday. Yeah, we had a race at my track. Stupid. Yeah. Well, well, David, thank you so much for, for being on. And this will yeah, be the last man, time. Thanks. It's yeah. been an absolute pleasure. We'll be calling you every week at this time. Yeah, from now so just like you back for the rest yeah, of history. I'm back. I got my head out of my shell. I was I disappeared for a bit, but I'm on the comeback. Well, the world the world Hit likes you when you're yeah, got your head out. Welcome man. back, man. Watch the races, and we'll we'll get we'll get your analysis then. Awesome. All right, you guys take care. Thanks. All right, Thanks. All right David. Thank Have you, brother. God, how awesome! I challenge you to find. There's a better no... two hours and 43 minutes. If you love moto. It's just a great human. Well, not, not us. Let, it picks up at minute 58. Yeah. And then it's You just... can't challenge him. No. There's no, there's no challenge him. He brought in Rick Mellon like four times, yeah. dude. He, he rose and to the if challenge. We did, if we didn't really realize what was going on, we'd just be like, did he yeah. just say that? He's smooth with you, everything. You challenge him, you get knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Because he is the He's a bomb. I mean, is that's... I we didn't even get into a, an eighth of no, his no, life. No, you could talk to him for a we month. We could talk triathlons for a month. We, talked, we could, tw- He 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 spent twenty minutes on Vince Freeze. Yeah, that was that's pretty. God, come on, oh, shit yeah. wouldn't and happen. He's <laughs> yeah. in my day. In my day, and but he's, you know, and it's right. And it's but not, people it's not have hateful. cleaned Vince out, dude. And he, and he's Weston, oblivious. He's like, what? What's the problem? Weston beat his neck meat. Nothing to a pulp because that was the only skin he yes. could get at, and he's like, "Their skin, I'm just going to attack." Fact, the fact that David goes, "Yeah, and that's something y'all did." Like that, that was like three shows in. Yeah, he dug into our. He remembers. Yeah, like, come on, that was pretty cool. Yeah, the Racer X thing. It was funny. <laughs>
<laughs> David Bailey knows. I don't know. I don't know how funny it was on his end, but we laughed our ass off that night. <laughs> yes, we did. Laugh. Well, I, I was mean, just we, like, uh, I thought Kevin was getting mad that night. That was the night he kept somebody kept bleeping out, and it sounded to me like oh, no, Nick had funny. control of the bleeps. No. And it sounded like Kevin was trying to make <laughs> Nick stop. Kevin bleeping. was doing the bleeps. No, I know, yeah. but the way it came across, yes, like, Kevin's know. like, "Stop it! Stop! No. Stop hitting it!" No, it's like anything you say is like this guy's so cussy. Yeah, why is he cussing bleeping so much? So man? bad, Dang, man. dude. Oh, that was yeah. great. That is so awesome that he listened to that. Two yeah. hours and 50 minutes tonight. It's worth it Nothing. for David no, Bailey, dude. No, and his, he even said it when his dad started rolling out all this raw footage. Like, his dad has archives of stuff he's yeah. never even shown. He And he, he mentioned to me when we were talking, he goes, my dad said, I got to get this stuff out there. What what good is it doing? It's not Nobody good in the it. closet. It no, needs to so, be on YouTube. Well, and likewise, David... His shit needs to be out. Like yes. there needs to be recording. There needs to be archives of yeah. his stories because he's know, so damn good. He's and, a national treasure. I, and I, I know mean, that's, that's not true. And I could not. only think when he said that he could watch the KTM practice track with binoculars. I was thinking, how cool would it be sitting there with him at his house uh, with binoculars and him do breaking that. down everybody? I would pay money and him breaking down. He'd be practicing. slapping you in the arm. Hey, so and so. Hey, the David Bailey <laughs> VIP binocular experience. I would sit. <laughs> and he would have those things like on the top of the Empire State Building. Yeah, you so put a quarter, quarter in. Quarter yeah. in. Keep going. And you just get your eyes up there. And Another you, dollar. So David, I need right. some more change, bro. <laughs> Here's a hundred dollars. Give me David, a quarter. He's got the little belt with all the quarters. Yeah, in it. Hand me your dollars, sir. <laughs> yeah, the old school <laughs> game room ski ball yeah, guy. Just to listen to him break down every lap. That everybody yes. did. He's so knowledgeable. I don't. I could never foresee a time when David Bailey's thoughts are not relevant. No, it's and it's not like he's evolved really well because he articulates stuff. Yeah. Like he's watching the like the, the fact that he brought up Prado and how he relates to these guys. Like, come on, man. Yeah, he's yeah. not some old get off my lawn. Yeah, well, he's not back some in my guy day. It was, it was a double and both still thinks in the, the Mako four ninety spiders the best no. bike ever made. So, no. did you finish talking to Billy Lyles? Nobody texted. We we need to get back with. Okay, him. so you well, need to call him. We'll, well get let, let me. Let's, I'll wrap this. Let's show wrap up. this up. This so thing's back done. With Billy Lyles. There's and, nothing we can say that's any cooler. No. Than, than what David Bailey. But no. if anybody's interested, it looks like we're going to Bainbridge. Hey man, for, we got we got to actually go to this. I know we I'm do. I'll, I'll be I'll wanting to go to work. escape. I'm the running cold. home tonight. I'm starting my. You're going to jog home just well, like David Bailey. If you see that. So when Kevin sees me running down the street, he's gonna have to be like, "Shit, I'm, I'm doing." I it. probably need to see Nick go jogging, so I'll actually do something. He's got some of those powder blue Dove shorts that rock. I don't care what he's wearing. I'm just trying, trying to say I need to Sugar be like. Sugar balls hanging out <laughs> oh, the bottom. So when you see him run, you're like, then oh, I'll be like, "Oh, I better I'll be run motivated. too." Yeah, yeah, I'll get motivated. He, Nick ran to Sam's and he bought groceries and carried them back. Yeah, all of them. All I just of stole them. a buggy and running with back. the bag. Damn. He could do it if anybody yeah. could. It's sugar yeah. balls. He's pushed black. the bike back. I pushed my my groceries and I got I paid the cashier to get in the buggy. I pushed her home. Pushed too. Her yeah, home. you're about to get off work. I mean, where do you live? Okay, well we'll stop by on the way with the buggy. Cashier, I said, "How you doing? How you doing, how you doing how, girl? Shoot, and you like go for a little run. What if like when she was in the buggy and you're pushing her, you were like watching you ride? <laughs> I get this feel <laughs> watching you ride. Oh. All right, God. turn this stupid That's show it. off. We're done. Two hours and 53 minutes. We love it's you. It needed to happen. We Let's love go. you. We need it you. It needed to happen. Winners take y'all. Suck it. <laughs>